and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. On tonight's episode of The Godless Revolution, perpetual camera molester Tetophile Cruz thinks Trump's support just isn't fair. Sarah rootin' tootin' gun totin' Russia seein' hardballin' America. Right-wingers Obama can't win again. Abstinence-only PTSD girlfriend beaten. Palin likes Trump as her best chance for Veep. Eight of Oregon's y'all hottests arrested. Finicum finished. <laughs> Trump goes full, well, full pretend theocrat. You can never go full pretend theocrat. Dawkins for Inquiry Foundation. Skin Flint Governor Rick Snyder poisons children in Flint, Michigan. Christians now have theological grounds for saying that Sanders will feel the burn. Eastern religions treat people so much better. Planned Parenthood indictment aborted. The latest craze in end-of-the-world viruses is upon us. There are 1,500 presidential candidates. Really. Super gay, super Mormon, superhero comic book coming to your favorite nerd store soon. Let's start the show, bitches. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. Also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. <laughs> I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue tradition. Decapitate her head off. We're done. You're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, January 27th, 2016. This is episode 90. Wednesday. We only have 10 more until 100. What are we going to do? I don't know. We'll have to think of something fast. <laughs> yeah, fast. Well, yeah, 10 weeks. Ish. Fast-ish. We'll think of something. Uh, no Ryan this evening. I'm Dan. <laughs> but in lieu of Ryan, <laughs> we have someone just as pretty in the office or in the studio with us today. We're joined by Matt's sister, Megan. 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 Megan General. Megan? Megan. Megan? Meg. 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 All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to talk tonight. She's going to be saying some stuff. Yeah. Contribute and be like part of the show and junk I'll and try stuff. really hard. Awesome. <laughs> Yay. All right. So like I said, Ryan is not here this evening, but we have some lots of fucking news to cover that we Tons haven't been covering lately. Yeah, because of the fucking debates. I know Matt had a birthday recently. I had a birthday recently. Meg yes. had a birthday recently. What was yours? The 20th? Yeah. Mine's the 21st. Matt's was yesterday. Yesterday. I'm officially better than Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Why are you officially better than Jesus? I mean, because... there are tons and tons of reasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which one in particular because are you thinking Because I turned 34. Of? Oh. He some, something Jesus. he was unable to do. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. That's why, like, like Jezelnik, you know, and I'm better of better than in terms of not getting myself crucified <laughs> by something you probably built. <laughs> right. I like Jezelnik, man. I was yeah. bummed when his show got canceled. I know he hosts some comedian show now. Oh yeah, he hosts it. Yeah, hmm. like 
uh, the Wayans Brothers on it, Roseanne's on it. What is that? I thought you said comedian show. <laughs> oh, well, I guess they're trying. <laughs> they're trying. I mean, yeah, well, fair enough. So, uh, what's new with Meg? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> so, you wanted to come on the show tonight? Oh, I love coming here. Yeah? Yeah. Why do you love coming here? After being a lifelong atheist, this is a great outlet for me. So how does that work out? How, how is it that you were a lifelong atheist, but Matt was religious? Well, you've talked to him. He's very stubborn. Yeah. And yeah, he just took a different path in life. And I supported him, whatever he did, but it just wasn't my path. <laughs> so you you talked a little bit about pre-show and said that... You had gone to church and like tried, right? Like, oh, you, so hard. You felt weird because I was the only one not getting it. Yeah, mm-hmm. just sitting in the pew wondering why all these people were like so affected. Felt they needed to dedicate all their time and money to this thing, and I just it never added up, ever. Yeah, never made never made sense to you. So you wonder if everybody else is crazy or if it's you, right? I thought it was me. And, of course, because you're surrounded by everybody else who's thinking and doing the same thing. You're the odd one out. You Sure. I never felt this way in Massachusetts. It yeah. was definitely after moving here yeah. that I had so much pressure. And I never understood what was the whole deal. Why are so. these people crying? Mm-hmm. Why are they all crying? <laughs> Why are they and... telling their kids what to say and feel? <laughs> yeah, they're they're bearing their testimony that's being fed to them by their parents. Yeah, it was so weird. Matt, you has some news items. I have some news items. I had a nightmare last night. I want to mention. Mm-hmm. I mentioned. Well, I mentioned it to you guys before the show. I didn't really tell you oh, what yeah, the nightmare briefly. was about. I had some thoughts. I, I know what led to the nightmare. First, I'll I'll tell you Dream, all of the things. Dreams are real, you guys. First, I'll tell you all the things that that led to me having this nightmare. Right. So recently, Donald Trump has said that he will not participate in the debate tomorrow. There's a debate being hosted by Fox, and Donald has said that he will not participate because Megan Kelly is <laughs> part of the – she's one of the moderators. And he has a huge problem with her because she's unprofessional. She bleeds from her eyes and wherever and <laughs> doesn't treat him fairly. And she's just really, frankly, quite terrible. She's horrible. Horrible. So he's he's decided that he's not going to participate in the debate and thinks that Fox is going to lose out on millions of dollars in ad revenue or viewership or something. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how many people still tune in. Yeah. See what the numbers look like. I imagine that there will be more people potentially watching because Rand Paul uh, made it to the main event. Oh. Uh, Jim Gilmore is actually participating... He, I don't think he's been in any of the debates. He's going to be at the kids' what? table event. He's back in? Well, he's never been out. He's just never has registered on any of the polls enough to get him into even the kids' table de- yeah, debate. Yeah, right, but that's what I mean. So he'll he'll be at the kids' table event. Uh, Donald Trump will not be at the main event. Rand Paul will be at the main event. He was not relegated to the kids' table, and so he's actually going to be part of the debate. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the number, you know, numbers wise, the amount of viewers for tomorrow's debate versus prior debates. I think this is the first time I'll be rooting for Megan Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels weird to like be rooting for a Fox News host, but yeah, I, that was I thought that was interesting. So there was that, and in the prior debate, you know, there was that back and forth between Trump and Cruz, 
where yes. Trump was questioning whether Cruz is actually eligible to be running, questioned whether he's an actual natural-born citizen and, and is eligible to, to run for president. Mm-hmm. And Cruz threw it back at him and said, you know, maybe Donald Trump is an anchor baby and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe he's not even eligible to run. Personally, I think neither of them. shouldn't be for being a three-time draft dodger, right? <laughs> yeah, I think neither of them should be eligible, but... Well, yeah, I mean, their views on most things should just instantly disqualify them because they're such... Yeah. Well, I mean, heads. yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So so they they had that little back and forth, and then Donald Trump said at the time, you know, it's it's a real question. There, there, There's going to be a lawsuit. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be the one, but I can guarantee you the Democrats are going to sue. You know, if I if I were to offer him a position as my running mate as vice president, the Democrats would certainly file suit and... Then there would be this huge question. He should go in for a summary judgment, blah, blah, blah. So there's Donald Trump basically throwing out this veiled threat of a lawsuit. And then he's backing out of the debate and thinking that, you know, he's the most important thing in the world and mm-hmm. the Fox is going to lose out on stuff. It's going to hurt Fox that he's not participating. And that's um, how he can get his way by throwing a tantrum. Yeah. And that's, yeah, exactly. He's throwing a, a tantrum like a little kid and thinks he's going to get his way. He's asking Fox to compromise what little journalistic integrity they have by capitulating to his demands yep. as a politician, you know. Right. Because that's what a fucking journalist should do. Yeah. So, you know, all of these little things led to me having a nightmare last night about Donald Trump. You know how dreams are. Mm-hmm. When you wake up, you don't really remember exactly all of the circumstances, but I was in his vicinity near him and we had a disagreement and he said, you better be careful. You know, there's there's a lot of things that could happen to you. <laughs> kind of oh. that whole, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a nice you got a nice place here. Uh-huh. Shame if something happened to it. Right. Oh, and that was the other thing too. He, he had mentioned thugs or something uh-huh. somewhere. Yeah, it, and it made me think of the mafia. So he makes this like veiled threat and I call him on it and I'm like, "Oh yeah, fuck you. If you're going to say that shit, come at me right now, you know, let's 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 hash it out. What the fuck are you talking about?" And he's like, "Oh no, I'm not making any threats at all, but I can't say that, you know, any of my millions of followers wouldn't do anything. It's, it's, you know, you'd be surprised what billions of dollars and millions of followers can yeah. get accomplished, whether I want it done or not, or have to actually do anything or not. Mm. You know, I could just mention something. And, and, and so that, that's the part of the thing that kicked in when, you know, just him mentioning the, the fact of a lawsuit made some asshole here in Utah decide that he is. So some, some guy in here in Utah is actually has filed suit against Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. uh, because he's, he's saying that he needs to prove that he's a natural born citizen. So it was just that whole implied threat. And then that he doesn't even have to do anything. All he right, has right. to do is say something and his rabid pack of dipshit followers yep. will get the hint and do whatever he's hinting at. Yeah. 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 So that was my nightmare. Yeah, I don't know that that's... So I then, mean, it, then I had this realization... Realistic. <laughs> yeah, so then I had this realization in my nightmare, like, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, he really doesn't <laughs> have to do anything besides make a veiled yeah. threat and have other people hear it, and I'm kind of fucked. Who am I? I'm just some jackass who thinks he's an asshole. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> I don't have billions of dollars or millions of people who would do anything I say on a whim, you know? He's kind of a cult leader. Yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, and he's running a pack of goons. Yeah, yeah, he's more like a mob boss mm-hmm. than a cult leader, maybe. Well, but there's cult-like aspects to it for sure. So we we will be 
not graced with his appearance tomorrow during the debate. We will not be covering the debate as part of a godless interruption because mm-hmm. we're recording this evening. The debate is tomorrow. Uh, it's the last debate that will be happening before the – is it New Hampshire that happens first? Uh, I think so, yeah. And we've just missed so much news covering those things, and they're just repeating themselves over and over again. We're Yeah, I was yeah. – I'm ready to move on for I now. Was, I was thinking pre-show, like, I'm totally fucking stuck on politics lately. <laughs> like, I've, I've kind of set a bunch of the atheist shit aside. That's all right. I got you covered. It's, I got politics on the brain, man. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover some news stories this evening. Um, okay. Let's swap off. We'll go. We'll go back and forth here. What, okay. What matters tonight? Well, I'm. This one I actually don't need to even preface. I'm just going to jump into it because I think it's going to make sense, and we'll blow through this real quick. But okay, something that's been bugging me, and and I think everybody on the show for a while. There's so much that bugs you. Yes, it's true. <laughs> but not everything. Not everything bugs me enough for me to write a short essay about. Maybe every two or three weeks. <laughs> We should never discuss religion or politics in polite society. Bullshit! (laughs) I don't know the source of this quote, uh, nor how long it's been around, but most of us have heard this many times and for many years. It seems to me to be one of those quotes that lots of people are raised with and continue perpetuating without giving it any real thought. So let's fix that. Is it actually impolite to discuss it? Are people avoiding the topics? Well, depending on some possible definitional differences, the answer to, the bo- to both is an emphatic no. Whether or not the topic is impolite usually depends on some subjective opinions about whether or not they have to admit to holding unfounded or ridiculous ideas. First, ask yourself, who benefits from the silence? Consider asking an expert to provide their view on a topic of their interest. They're often flattered and excited while happily giving you the information. But ask someone why they think Obama is the worst president ever? They become defensive and frustrated. They understand that because he's black isn't a real reason and won't be well received. So the solution? Rather than people changing their minds on the dumb ideas they hold, they've put a moratorium on the whole topic and the racists benefit. Is it really impolite to ask racists to justify such an incorrect position? Or is it actually that the fault lies with the racists? And apparently a good deal of the shame does too. As it should. Yeah, as it should. Almost everyone running for president, all the way down to small-town mayors throughout the history of the United States, back through the despot monarchs of Europe, the sultans of the Middle East and beyond, have professed belief at a minimum and imposed it as a state-sponsored crusader military effort at its worst. We hear the same nonsense from candidates today. Bible over Constitution theocrats like Ted Cruz, Sarah Palin, and Mike Huckabee come to mind. But it's even evident among others who at least appear to be putting on their God suits to broaden their appeal. I think of Trump, Hillary, and maybe even Obama. It's universally understood that religion is closely tied to political victory, and this goes back as far as human writing. So who actually is being polite in society by avoiding the topic? Who's even following the so-called rule? Oh, right. The atheists. What this really means is that the atheist needs to just shut up and nod along, because the theists grew tired of feeling like court jesters in public when confronted about the rubbish they espouse. They didn't like having to venture outside the Christ bubble and therefore deemed opposing views to be inappropriate and impolite. Not all speech about religion is barred, because they never stopped. Only the opposing non-religious views are rude. I realize this sounds like prejudice, bigotry, censorship, and discrimination— 
because that's exactly what it is. It's an old cliche that most don't consider. But before you repeat this bit of ancient wisdom, remember, no, it's not impolite to get clarification. It turns out that it's just terribly embarrassing for them to answer. I like that very much, and I completely agree with you. Yes. We, we have mentioned it before that yeah. it, it really bothers me when somebody says, well, you can't talk about politics and religion with, you know, people that you care about, with your friends or family. And I'm like, no, those are those are the two probably most important most things important that you, things. Can that you talk should about. talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That need clarification. Yeah. And, and the only reason they don't want to talk about them is because they don't want to have to justify how shitty their thinking on those things are. Nicely done. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that very much. So this story comes to us from CNN. The weeks-long armed occupation of a federal wildlife refuge headquarters in Oregon suffered two major blows when protest leader Ammon Bundy was arrested and another key figure was killed. Lavoy Finnicum sitting under a blue tarp with a shotgun, saying that he didn't want to be recognized and he had an outstanding warrant or some shit like that. Uh, anyway, the story continues that Bundy and several fellow occupiers were pulled over Tuesday on U.S. Highway 30, 395, According to the Oregonian, they were headed to the city of John Day, where they planned to participate in a community meeting set up by local residents. Everyone obeyed orders to surrender except Lavoy Finnicum and Ryan Bundy, Ammon Bundy's brother, he, the official told CNN. Shots were fired, but it's unclear who fired first, the source said. Ryan Bundy was wounded, and Finnicum has died. With their leader Ammon Bundy in police custody and their spokesman Finnicum dead, it's unclear if the remaining occupiers will dig in their heels at the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge, which they have occupied for 26 days, or if their resolve will wane. What happened and what happens next? Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'm interested to see. So, so some of the people, I believe it was Finnicum's wife, has said that that her husband was trying to surrender. And had his hands up in the air when when the police opened fire and just killed him in cold blood, which makes really very little sense at all. When the there was a there was a procession of cars, right? They were in a they were in a convoy. Uh, I think the lead car had Ammon Bundy and a couple other people in it. Finnicum and Ryan Bundy were in a separate truck. the The official story is that they pulled over Ammon Bundy. But then Finnicum went around that and encountered a roadblock up ahead and instead went tried to go around the roadblock, crashed into a snowbank, got out of his truck, and started running at the police, and that's when they opened fire and killed him. It doesn't make any sense that he would have had his arms up in the air if he was trying to evade them and then had crashed. I mean, that, that whole, that whole narrative doesn't really make much sense at all. Especially when viewed in light of him previously making statements that there's no way that he was gonna spend the rest of his life in a concrete box. He would, he was, he would rather die than go to prison. So, I would like to know if there are, uh, any videotaped anything available out there. Were any of the arresting officers wearing body cams or their dash cams available? Highly doubtful. I I'm not so I'm not so quick to be um, skeptical of the killed without cause thing. I am only because the other the other people that were actually there 
Ryan Bundy, Ammon's brother, who was in the truck with Finnicum, says, no, the story that he was trying to give up and he had his arms in the air was bullshit. The guy who was in the truck with him okay. says that that is bullshit versus the the woman, you know, the, the guy's wife who's promoting this narrative that he was trying to surrender. I mean, the guy who so, was so there was... in the truck with him has said, no, he wasn't trying to surrender. He got out and ran toward the police. It was her story that he hit the snowbank and then ran at him. No, it was it was her story that he was that he had his arms outside the the vehicle and was trying to surrender, had his arms up in the air and they mm. just killed him in cold blood. Oh, okay. And it's and it's and Ammons, they're, they're saying that he ran at the uh, at the federal officer. Yeah. Yeah, and or and Ammon's brother on. Ryan who was in the truck with him has said no. What she's saying is bullshit. He ran at the police. The guy that can't see over his nose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah, but the guy who there are actually two people on scene that were part of this convoy and in the vehicles who said, no, he ran at the police and they shot him. Well, if there's eyewitnesses, I mean. Not that eyewitness testimony is always fantastic. I'm making making this so much harder than it needs to be. All I'm saying is I I don't necessarily believe either story. Well, sure. I mean, That's I'm all. sure that neither one is completely accurate, but I would take the word of two people who were there on scene who were actually part mm-hmm. of Finnicum's group, right? Over, over his his over, obviously biased yeah. wife who wasn't there. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and they should be showing if they had any bias at all. It certainly wouldn't be for the police and the and the feds who were there and who killed yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be toward him and his wife, and they're saying no. What she's saying is wrong. I think that that lends a lot, you know, the fact that they were there on scene mm-hmm. in the truck with him and there's two of them whose whose biases should align more with him and his wife, you know, Finnicum who was killed and his wife. Right. And they're both saying that, no, she's wrong. He ran at the police and they they killed him. And that's why mm-hmm. that makes me think that they are much more credible than her. Probably so. When speaking on this anyway. So, uh, since then, the, the, the federal authorities have, uh, set up more roadblocks around there. Uh, they're starting to collect around the bird refuge and have told all of the people who are there now, uh, that they are free to go. They need to just leave. And if they do so soon, then they can do so basically without consequence, but that they need to do so as soon as possible. And apparently there were, very few people who actually took advantage of that offer. Uh, most of them who are still there chose to remain. A lot of the women and children have left. Uh, a lot of the other men have, have remained. And I read one story where a woman who is still there had contacted her family outside the refuge to say that she wanted to leave, but was afraid of the other members of the militia who were there and what they would do to her if, if she tried to leave. So... I don't know. It's a shitty situation that isn't quite done yet, of course, and looks like it may get worse. I hope for a peaceful resolution, but I don't know how likely that is at this yeah, point. Yeah, we'll have to see, I guess. I don't know why they've allowed them to just come and go as they please. I know, that's so been interesting. Long. You know, why haven't why haven't they stopped them and arrested them before last night? They I certainly had plenty of cause and reason to do so but instead of just allowed them to go merrily about their way and do whatever the fuck they wanted yeah i mean that there does seem to be some obvious inconsistencies you know that that it has gone on so long with so much probable cause yeah um where in so many other situations there just there just isn't that well and one of the things that has really pissed me off about 
what happened last night is are some of the narratives that I see floating around of people saying, well, he was killed in cold blood just like that black kid who put his arms up in the air and the yeah. police shot him. Yeah. No, no, completely fucking different thing. You broke down a little bit. What? You didn't, you didn't break down emotionally, <laughs> but you broke down pre-podcast about a lot of the reasons why that was fucking wrong. I cried over Ferguson. Yeah. Y'all. Yeah, I mean- I, I don't know I don't know which black guy incident they're talking about could be any number of them or could be any of them it doesn't you know it doesn't matter one of them let's take Michael Brown in this situation you've got a whole bunch of libertarian pseudo patriots you know talking for weeks and weeks and weeks months years or whatever about anti-federal government anti-american rhetoric uh, bring their bring their weapons post videos no, they're about, the real Americans yeah yeah yeah, post videos about all the weapons they've got, um, complete a takeover of federal land, occupy it for weeks and weeks, um, continually show a, a, a aggression in, in their vocabulary, in their rhetoric, the videos, um, armed to the teeth, uh, you know, have committed all kinds of these pro- these crimes. And in the case of Michael Brown, you're talking about police actually moving into his area Um guy that was absolutely unarmed, no provocation. Well, let's not say no, because I don't know what happened in the moments leading up to his death, but you certainly didn't have a, a video uh, documentary documentary about about his aggressions against the United States or whatever leading up to that. Um, he did have his hands in the air. He was shot in the back. Uh, these these guys have been sitting holed up in there for almost a month or 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 so with all of the uh, aggression, the rhetoric, yeah, the it's guns. Been more, the, it's been more than three weeks. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is a completely different situation. But do we know this is the first contact law enforcement has had with them? This is well, d- definitely is not. the worst thus far. Well, it's it's the worst because of course somebody has died. Um, sure. It's not the first time they've talked to him. No, they've they've had contact with with the the terrorists. But maybe before. they've been trying to take you know a better road. And it just kind of, they're escalating it so much. This this is the video I was talking about uh, where the guy says that they're coming to kill us and, and if they stop you while you're trying to get here, you should kill them. Media's been ordered to leave. That means they're coming to kill us. And they don't want them to see that. They're going to murder all of us. And the medias are cowards. The medias are cowards. Stay and show the truth. Show the truth. Media's been waiting for a bloodbath this whole time we've been here. Now there's going to be one and they're running. They're told to run because the feds don't want to know who's murdering us. American people better wake up, get here, and fight for your country. Right now, it is on. What you going to do, what you going to do when the, when the militia comes after you, FBI? Jeez, All you military hell? that's been fighting for your country overseas... You can fight for your country right here in America. Get here. Get some. This is history in the making. There are no laws in this United States now. This is a free-for-all Armageddon. Any Leo or military or law enforcement or feds that stand up and fuck their oath, don't abide by their oath, are the enemy. If they stop you from getting here, kill them. That guy's out of his fucking mind. Is that where yeah. Ryan is? 
<laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Ryan. That's Ryan hasn't joined us this evening because he's joined some friends in <laughs> Oregon. Uh, I'm glad that they cut that down because the original video is like eight and a half minutes long with long pauses of just the backhoe doing its thing, and he just would wander over the camera and start screaming at it every now and then. But yeah, the guy is clearly unhinged. And he's encouraging people to kill people, and he doesn't know. So he he says, any Leo out there, any military force, any law enforcement? Uh, Apparently he doesn't know that Leo Leo. stands for a law enforcement officer. Yeah, Uh, apparently not. I'd never even seen that video till now, so. Well, and it seems really weird to me. The the story says that after eight liters of the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge, Jesus, National Wildlife Refuge occupation were arrested Tuesday, and spokesperson Robert Lavoy Finnegan was killed. The remaining occupiers are still holding their ground. They somehow have maintained enough internet bandwidth to continue streaming video from inside the 187,000-acre refuge located 30 miles south of Burns, Oregon, in remote Harney County. I don't understand how they have yeah. internet access. I don't understand how they have electricity, they have power, running yeah. water, gas. Yeah, they don't even have that in Flint. Yeah, yeah. Why? What the fuck? Oh, God, that's another thing that we haven't had a yeah. chance to talk about. Yeah, and I thought you'd have that one too. But yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I, I. That's right. I got shit tons. I've got I've got stuffs on the flints. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, the story continues to say that in one segment of live broadcast that clearly appears to have been made within the refuge Tuesday morning, at least three armed occupiers kept watch for law enforcement. Quote, they're coming to kill us, end quote, one said into the camera as hundreds watched and commented on the YouTube stream. FBI agent and FBI agent in charge, Greg Bretzing, said in a news conference Wednesday morning that they, quote, continue to work to empty the refuge of those who continue to illegally occupy in safest way possible, end quote. Although the signal occasionally has been interrupted, the Watchman news stream on YouTube seems to be focused on monitoring and recapturing the live broadcast whenever it becomes available. So anyway, yeah, they've they've been broadcasting out all of this propaganda. I don't understand why that hasn't been shut down. How about we just fence them in and put a a psychiatric ward? (laughs) (laughs) Your own little libertarian utopia. You know, and they've done shit like destroying artifacts. They they knocked down a fence um, nearby... Uh, because they said that it was, you know, infringing on the local rancher's rights, and the rancher was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I put that fence up for a reason, you stupid shits. Yeah. So, yeah, they don't they don't even know what the fuck they're doing. They're, they, they don't have know what this, they want. They, they have this, you know, incredible white man outrage that the federal government is, is being mean to them and making them pay to graze cattle on federal land that the rest of us pay taxes for, and... The federal government's grazing fees are much less than any private grazing fees that they're going to get anywhere. But they, and it pisses me off because they're the same shitheads who complain about, you know, all of these welfare programs and entitlements and all these lazy people who just want something for free. And these fuckers want to graze their cattle on public lands that the rest of us pay to maintain for free. For free. Yep. Yep. Assholes. And you you know they're going to take Social Security out later, too. Or now. Their, their entitlements. Yeah. When they get old enough, they'll yeah. be sucking on that goddamn teat. All right. What do you got next? Republican presidential candidate Ted Cruz on Tuesday suggested the GOP establishment uh, making a concerted effort to side with rival Donald Trump over him in the presidential race. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, though, 
because much of the establishment has already said they don't like Trump. No, very few people do. But yeah. the establishment they, but they really likes do him. not like Cruz. Yeah, they like they yeah. like Trump more than Cruz, which yeah, I can't say I blame him. Uh, he says, "quote," and I can't do a Cruz voice. Um, well, you see, yeah. So fucking, uh, I hate his face. The establishment is beginning to support Donald Trump, Cruz told BuzzFeed News, adding that Iowa Governor Terry Branstad, who on Tuesday urged voters not to vote for Cruz, was part of the same cronyism establishment as Trump. It's not a surprise that the establishment is in full panic mode, Cruz said. We predicted from the very beginning that the Washington cartel would fire every tool in its would fire every tool in its arsenal to prevent a conservative victory in this primary. Which makes no fucking sense. Yeah, not. It's not that Ted Cruz is unappealing. It's that it's a massive conspiracy. That's that's <laughs> that's the answer. Uh, he goes on to say that the cartel exists to make deals and to pick winners and losers through cronyism and corporate welfare. Is this the same cartel that put George W. Bush in the White House? Or I'm not sure what he's referring to. No, that was the Supreme Court cartel. Oh, the Supreme Court cartel. Right. 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 Okay. Different. Different group. Uh, Cru- Cruz you know those ad- activist judges. Yeah, legislating <laughs> from the bench. Cruz added that it's not surprising the establishment is siding with Trump because he has, quote, promised to make deals and to continue the cronyism and, co- and corporate welfare of Washington. At the Iowa Renewable Fuels Summit on Tuesday, Branstad said Cruz, Branstad called Cruz the, quote, biggest opponent of renewable renewable fuels. Holy shit, I'm having a hard time with those sounds. <laughs> renewable fuels in the presidential race. Cruz received backlash from his for his position on the renewable fuel standard, which mandates the amount of ethanol refiners mix into their gasoline supply. Cruz said he supported a five-year phase-out of the standard, but has in the past backed measures to immediately end the RF, RFS. Uh, Brand, Brandstead said that he does not want Cruz to win the Iowa caucus. What was the RFS again? It's uh, that uh, whole bunch of words I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> Renewable fuels. Oh, standard. thank you. Thank you. Cruz tried to use Trump's business background against him, telling telling reporters Trump attacked him as a candidate uh, who wouldn't go to Washington, quote, to make a deal and go along to get along with the Democrats. Quote, if you're looking for someone who's a deal maker, who will capitulate even more to the Democrats, who will knock in, who will who will give in to Chuck Schumer, Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi, then perhaps Donald Trump is your man. Uh, yeah, Trump is the epitome of compromise. Yeah, he was so willing to compromise on, you know, appearing for the debate. Yeah. Uh, The attacks come as Cruz and Trump battle for first place in Iowa, and the state's caucus is less than two weeks away, uh, shaping up to make some entertaining debates in the future, though, unless Trump decides to just forego all of them. There's that bit. Fucking Ted Cruz. I hate his face. Well, I think you posted that video. When he was of 18. him when he was 18. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, Justin Schieber, who I care a great deal for and respect an awful lot for his intellect and opinions, uh, was longtime co-host of Reasonable Doubts podcast, which is fantastic, and everyone should go out and get all the back episodes all the way through. They're not broadcast. They, they are, not, they are no longer right? doing the They are no longer doing the show, but they are still relevant, still worth it. Um. Justin Schieber posted uh, that we we should pay attention to the crazy shit that Ted Cruz says now 
and not worry about what he what crazy shit he was saying when he was 18. So, yes, fine, fair enough. There's there's plenty of crazy that Ted Cruz is saying now that's easy enough to pick on. I get that. But the guy's running for president. So, I mean, I'm sorry. Your life is an open book at that point, and we have the right to look at every last detail if we want to. I mean, that's just the way it goes. They're digging up all kinds of shit from the fucking 60s on Bernie. Too bad the only thing they can find is that he marched with MLK. Sorry, not our fault. Oh, how dare he? Right. I mean, I mean it's too it's too bad that all of Bernie's record is, seems to be pretty legit, you know, and these guys have problems. Well, whenever something like this comes up, it's like, well... Well, he was 18. What do you want to... Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know. This, tell, this tells me a lot, and I think it's all fair game. He wants to be president. He gets to deal with it. But but I do respect Justin Schieber on almost everything else he says. Yeah. And e- even on that point, I understand it to a, to a, to a point. Well, yeah, I get it. I mean, people change, of course, throughout the years. This, well, the, this the point is shows that Ted that Cruz has not. Yeah. Yeah, that's that the he point. he hasn't changed. That's the point of this. He's episode. always been an asshole. Yeah. I hate his face. <laughs> here's... Here's the little here's the little clip that we're talking about. Aspiration. Is that like sweat on my butt? No, no. Oh, I see. What you want me to do? What I want to do in life? Well, my aspiration is to uh, oh, I don't know, be in a t- teen tit film like that guy who played Horatio. You know, he was in Malibu Bikini Beach Shop. Well, other than that, uh, take over the world. World domination, you know, rule everything, rich, powerful, that sort of stuff. Crazy thing, Ted's gonna rule the world one day. I hope not. <laughs> that was his dad. That's his father. Rafael Cruz. Yeah, I, I get that. Sure, we can't look at something somebody said when they're 18 and say that they haven't changed since then, you know, that they haven't moved on, their views haven't shifted, whatever. They were young and stupid, naive, whatever you want to say, sure. But Ted Cruz is the same person he was when he was 18. He still yep. says these same kinds of stupid things. Yep. And and I think that's that's something that we should look at that he has not he has been so entrenched in being an asshole his entire life. Yep. Yeah, and an egomaniac and and you know, and like I said earlier, I think hey, you know, it's all fair game. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that that for Ted Cruz it's not favorable. Um, you know, for Bernie, it is fortunate that, that, that he's as far back as we can go. He's been doing things that are in line with the positions he holds now. Yeah. I mean, Bernie, Bernie has been a staunch supporter of all kinds of civil rights and equality for his entire life. I mean, he's, he's always been on the side of equal rights for everybody. Yep. And that's what I love about the guy. Hillary Clinton hasn't. I mean, she right. she was not for marriage equality and equal rights for the LGBT community. Sure, she is now. Great. Congratulations. I'm very glad that she mm-hmm. has evolved on that and is now. And, you know, now has a more humane and, and humanitarian and, and equal rights and civil rights centered view on these things. But she hasn't always. And, of course, all of her supporters will quickly snap back and say, well, neither has Obama. Sure, he hasn't. Yeah, which which is totally irrelevant and a red herring. I mean, yeah. yes, you're right, but we're not voting for Obama right now. Correct. <laughs> you yeah. know, we're talking about Hillary and Bernie, and in that case, Hillary loses. Yeah. Yeah, she absolutely does. And and, and Obama loses against Bernie in that, too. Is, I mean, yes, fair enough, fine. Good. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, and she's, you know, she's trying to wrap herself 
in Obama. Like, I know that everybody really likes Obama. Well, at least the lefties like Obama. Most yeah. of the lefties like Obama. So I'm going to try to wrap myself in everything that Obama has ever done so the people will like me more and then they'll vote for me, regardless of what my views are on anything and what I've said in the past. And, you know, the, everybody likes Obama. So I'm going to wrap myself in him and then adopt a lot of the policies that, that Bernie has been talking about his entire life. Yeah. Not just within the last three to five years. Yeah. Yeah. Wrap herself in Obama with a Bernie marinade. Yeah, so I got this I got this email earlier uh from from change.org and uh this is Bernie Sanders, Martin O'Malley and Hillary Clinton answering questions. Basically these these are the top voted user questions on uh the change.org politics website. One of the questions that that I was very much interested in is this one that says, what can you achieve in the first 100 days as president to stop super PACs and special interest groups from hijacking our elections? Now, this is one, th- this is one area where Bernie completely kicks Hillary Clinton's ass. Yeah, this is his thing. This um, is his wheelhouse. I'm going to play, so they're, they, they, they gathered answers from the three, uh, Democratic candidates. Uh, two of them are through video from Martin O'Malley and Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton's is in text. So I'll, uh, I'll play Bernie's reply and, and, uh, O'Malley's and then we'll read Hillary Clinton's just kind of go through and see which ones we, we think we agree with and are in line with what, what's the question again. Uh, so again, the question was, what can you achieve in the first 100 days as president to stop super PACs and special interest groups from hijacking our elections? Mm -hmm. Let's hear what Bernie has to say about it. As a result of the disastrous Supreme Court decision in the Citizens United case, the American political system has been totally corrupted and the foundations of American democracy are being undermined. By a five-to-four decision, what the Supreme Court essentially said to the wealthiest people in this country, they said, you already own much of the economy. Now we're going to give you the opportunity to buy the United States government. That is not what America is supposed to be about. Now, I've not made a whole lot of campaign promises during this campaign, but let me repeat one to you that I have made, and that is that any person who I nominated to be a Supreme Court justice will have to say loudly and clearly that they will vote to overturn Citizens United. Our vision Hmm. for American democracy should be a nation in which all people, regardless of their income, can participate in the political process, can run for office without begging for contributions from the wealthy and the powerful. Our elected representatives should work to improve the lives of all people in this country, not spend half of their life trying to raise money from the wealthy and the powerful. The need for real campaign finance reform is not a progressive issue. It is not a conservative issue. It is an American issue. And here is what I will do in my first 100 days in office to address this issue. I will issue an executive order requiring government contractors to disclose their political spending. Mm. I will direct the SEC to require all public companies to disclose their political spending. I will direct the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, 
to create rules for better disclosure on political ads. Over the long term, I believe we need to move toward public funding of elections, where anybody, regardless of their income, regardless of their ideas, can go forward and try to represent their constituencies. What we have got to end as soon as possible is this absurdity of billionaires buying elections. Mm -hmm. That is not what American democracy is about, and I will do everything that I can as president to end that. Very good. I think all of those were really good points. Yep. Um, So again, the question was, what can you achieve in the first 100 days as president to stop super PACs and special interest groups from hijacking our elections? He laid out some pretty clear things there, right? He's going to have contractors and public companies uh, disclose all of their political contributions. He would also tell the FCC that they needed to make some more clear rules. I I agreed with all of his points there. I I thought those were all very good. Um, More executive orders, just like <laughs> Obama, going around the democracy. He, <laughs> you know, the the campaign finance issue is a, is a really big deal because you have is. large, powerful corporations and individuals who basically run our elections process for us. Yep. They determine who is the viable candidate, who can run, who they're going to contribute to, and who will get the most airtime on television, radio. Uh, ads in newspapers, phone call banks, setting up locations around the country to actually run their campaign offices. <clears throat> That's brothers. all funded by the Koch mainly brothers. super rich people. The Koch brothers, um, Sheldon Adelson. Yeah, Sheldon Adelson for it's, sure. It's the donor class, right? It's yep. the wealthy people who are turning America into an oligarchy. They, they've they've turned it into... Turned it, yeah. Yeah, they've turned it into... A place where only the rich or only those willing to serve the rich are viable candidates. And that's wrong. I think that's, I think that's a travesty. I think it's a miscarriage of, of what America was meant to be. Well, even, and even worse than that, that they've convinced members of the lowest income levels to buy into that mm-hmm. and vote, and vote right wing or, or conservative, uh, you know. As well, so they've got this massive voting block because they've tied themselves to God uh, and to racism. So, so next up, we've got Hillary's answer. Uh, hers is not video; it's it's a text reply. Uh, her response reads as follows: Our democracy should belong to everyone, not just the wealthy and well connected. We have to stop the endless flow of secret, unaccountable money that's corrupting our politics. As president, I'll fight for legislation requiring outside groups to disclose significant political spending, and until Congress acts, I'll require federal contractors to do the same. And I'll push for a constitutional amendment to overturn the Supreme Court's catastrophic Citizens United decision. We also have to make sure all Americans have their voices heard. I've proposed a small donor matching system for presidential and congressional elections because you shouldn't have to court huge donors to run for office and you shouldn't have to be a huge donor to make an impact. I'll make it easier for every citizen to vote by enacting universal automatic registration and expanding early voting. And I'll fight back against Republican efforts to disempower voters no matter their race, age, or income. And then it has a link to her campaign finance reform proposal. So... I think some of the things she says there are good ideas. There, it's it's a good place to start. 
what bothers me is the duplicity that's on display when you read what she's written versus how her campaign is being run. She has a super PAC. She courts the, the millionaire and billionaire donor class of people to contribute money to her campaign. Bernie Sanders does not have a super PAC. He, he has raised millions and millions of dollars and has the largest number of individual contributors of any candidate in the, in the history of the United States, specifically because he has rejected any any kind of super PAC money, any kind of corporate interest money, huge donations from people. He doesn't want that. He recognizes that as being poisonous and anathema to the ideal that he wants to set. And he's... He's doing what he says. He's he's matching his rhetoric with what he's actually doing in his campaign. He's he's not like I said. He's he's only taking in small donations. Where Hillary says big things, you know. Oh yeah, the the campaign finance system is broken, and we need to do something to fix it. Now, who's running my super PAC, and how much money have you guys collected, and how many ads can I get run out there? I think it's the best answer she could give with what she has going on. Yeah, right? It is. It is. That's exactly it. It's the best answer that she could possibly give with the way that her, she's running her mm-hmm. campaign and the and the super PAC that is supporting her and all of the money that's flowing toward her. She is part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And... Which is why she's the best Republican running. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woohoo! And, and, you know, none of her answer indicates that she would really do anything to change the system that's in place. This is some low-hanging fruit, right? There are very specific things that she could do, as Bernie outlined, that she is, I mean, through her, through her text reply, apparently unwilling to do. She would be unwilling to, to have, you know, she mentioned contracting companies. She didn't say anything about public companies, mm. uh, disclosing all of their funding. She could have easily done that, and she, she didn't make a video and send it in. I mean, she had some time to, to have either her or one of her staffers send in this reply and it's not a very good reply. I think this is I think this is probably her biggest weakness in the campaign. Oh, certainly. Well, I mean it's it's difficult because she's the only Wall Street Democrat relevant right now. Yeah, well, I mean O'Malley's not a Wall Street guy. Bernie's certainly not that's a Wall what I'm Street saying. guy. She she's the only relevant Democrat that's a Wall Street Democrat. I mean the other the other two are fine to disassociate themselves because that's not what got them where they are. Yeah. You know, she came up she came up uh, as a part of Wall Street, you know, in in a lot of senses with with Bill and the connections there and she can't really abandon that. Yeah, so once again, the question was, what can you achieve in the first 100 days as president to stop super PACs and special interest groups from hijacking our elections? And here's Martin O'Malley's reply. As president, I will make sure that any able jurist that I appoint to the Supreme Court will know the difference between a corporation and a person. We have to push back against the corrupting yes. influence of big money in our elections and in our politics and in the halls of Congress. And we have to do that by overturning Citizens United. Yep. And instead of limiting debate, we should pass constitutional amendments in every state that enshrine the right to vote in our U.S. Constitution. And finally, I am advocating that we move to publicly finance congressional elections within the next five years. And I intend to campaign on it. If you agree with these common sense approaches to winning back our democracy, I hope you'll caucus for me, Martin O'Malley. Thanks a lot. Hmm. Is that the biggest 
block he's ever gotten to speak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the most time we've given him on this show. <laughs> Not even this show. No, just the like- debates. Yeah, generally. Yeah, I, I, I. You know, I got a little bit of a bromance for O'Malley. I do. I I, I like I, O'Malley quite I, a bit. I, too. He's a straight shooter. He's he's like handsome fella. He's he's got the presidential look. You know, he says the things I like to hear. It's just it's just <laughs> he's not the best fit for the political climate that we have right now. No, I mean, well, I yeah. would love a woman to be president, and she's just simply not the best fit either. Who? Hillary. Yeah, I mean, well, I think I think O'Malley fits more he's more he's aligned better with with my views than hillary is but he's not positioned well either but but the problem the problem is had bernie not entered the race they would i would be o'malley all the way yeah versus hillary yeah but bernie came along and it's like oh my god bernie <laughs> we feeling the burn hey bernie hey i love you bernie <laughs> so i i made I don't know if I mentioned this already during the show, but I I, mean, I know last week I said that I would probably be making a donation, and in fact today I did donate to the Bernie Sanders comp- the Bernie Sanders campaign, in large part due to this answer, uh, this campaign finance answer. Um, but there are so many more reasons. I mean, there's there's this this campaign finance answer. His as I mentioned before, life of advocating for equal rights and civil rights for everyone everyone yeah um even when it's not the popular thing to say or think yeah i mean he's he's been a champion for gay rights and equality since the 50s and 60s just as he was with the the civil rights marchers in the black community yep. you know he has always advocated for those things he hasn't he hasn't had to evolve on them he had the right position to begin with he didn't he didn't vote to invade iraq yes that's another that's huge a big one. problem for hillary clinton yeah um now that we see what a fucking disaster that's been like we thought it would be yeah well and and the thing that you know i i had been leaning toward bernie of course i was really fucking bothered by the clinton campaign sending chelsea out oh (laughs) and 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 marching her around you know trying to discredit bernie and making these gross misrepresentations and and mischaracterizations of his views and policies you know basically lying in order to try to cast dispersion on him that really fucking pissed me off he's run a really clean campaign he hasn't smeared anybody the only thing that he's talked about are the facts he doesn't talk about you know he tries not to talk about Mm -hmm. the people Mm -hmm. if he's acted if he's asked a direct question he'll give a direct answer and say can we move on to an issue now um Mm -hmm. you know we saw that in the last debate when he was asked about bill clinton and should should his prior actions have anything to do with the election and you know that at the time he said that he thought you know his actions were despicable or whatever language he had used and they asked him do you still think that he said well yeah i think at the time they were despicable but you know bill clinton's not running he has nothing to do with this right why don't we move on to something else right he did that with her emails as well yeah yeah he did that with the emails it's he he wants to talk about the relevant issues as part of the campaign and what he wants to do get accomplished as president and Hillary Clinton and her campaign have had to resort to attacking him based on things that are not actually what he is representing or what he's saying. They are, they have had to resort to lying or misrepresenting what he's doing and saying in order to try to swing votes back their way. And that really fucking made me mad. It really, yeah. really bothered me. Yep. 
and probably just because he has been so nice and so gracious and been running such a clean campaign and been such a straight shooter and just talking about facts and his views on things. He hasn't had to resort to any kind of smears or, or bad politicking in order to get to where he is now. And now that Clinton is slipping in the polls based on what she has done, then she gets even more shitty. And that really made me mad. Well, she'll just bury herself though. Hopefully. I mean, that that hasn't always been the case when, when politicians start getting sleazy, but right. We can hope. I mean, I, I hope more people continue to call her out for doing and saying shitty things in the campaign that are completely irrelevant to the the, the relevant issues that matter. You know, if she wants to if she wants to start creating strawmen and red herrings and ad hominem ad hominem attacks on people. Ad hominem. Ad ad hominem. <laughs> That's the worst kind of hominem against <laughs> Bernie can, Sanders. You know, she can certainly do Jew. that, but I I hope that I hope that if it continues that it fucking tanks her campaign because that's what she would deserve for for doing that. Yeah. Anyway, uh why don't we take a quick break and we'll be back in just a second. Hey everybody, this is X. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Felicia. We're the Utah Outcasts. Three out, unashamed, and active atheists living in Utah. And we are personally inviting you to let us love your ears each and every week. As we take the news, current events, and pop culture and give it a little twist. A love twist, with consent. And we'll be joined each week by a special guest to tell us what makes them an outcast like us. Come find us. The Utah Outcasts. On PodHell.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on UtahOutcast.com. We finally bought that domain off the kids handing out mixtapes in the mall. Come be an outcast with us. Take care of yourselves out there. Bonne nuit. And you're welcome. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. The escalating feud between the Donald and Ted Cruz has expanded into a fight for the backing of the GOP's anti-establishment establishment. War! 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 (laughs) With both seeking validation from figures with immense influence on the right, Trump unfurled a highly anticipated endorsement from former Republican vice presidential nominee Sarah Palin. While campaigning in Iowa on Tuesday. Not David Duke? Not David Duke. Oh, right. That comes later. Or (laughs) earlier? I don't know. There's so many racists endorsing that guy now. I I can't keep track of when they all happen. Yeah, scary. Uh, Giving him a jolt among the party's restless base. Palin's endorsement came a day after Trump received the effusive praise of evangelical leader Jerry Falwell Jr., whose views could help Trump among religious voters. Little bit of a racist, totally a gay basher. And a complete asshole. Yes. But other conservative voices, many of whom had cheered Trump in recent months, have rallied to Cruz's side. On talk radio, Mark Levin and Glenn Beck have fumed over Trump's recent questions about Cruz's Canadian birth. In Cruz, they see the movement leader who champions their values, whereas they say Trump is an interloper who lacks an ideological core. Yeah, obviously Trump's an imposter, but... uh, (laughs) Oh, he has an ide- he has an ideological core. He's just not ideologically pure. Sure, sure. He's Trump. I think they know that Trump isn't as much into God as Ted Cruz is. Of course, the frenzy courting of conservatives is testament to their power in shaping the contest that's being dominated by two Washington outsiders. Neither has won the backing of a single governor or senator, and is unclear that either man even wants to. In this race. 
It's the media titans, personalities and activists who have long stood on the GOP's fringe, who now have all the cachet. Was that a, was that a Canadian thing? They have all the cash, eh? They have all the cash, eh? <laughs> <laughs> the GOP's fringe. Is this, is this Canadian Ted Cruz talking about Donald Trump? <laughs> yeah. He has all the cash, eh? <laughs> well, even even Ted Cruz, he still sounds like Texas. <laughs> he has all the cash, eh? <laughs> yeah. Or like a, like a 40s like a forties mobster. Uh, it's, it's weird. The it's cash, really eh? pinched and nasally. And oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. With a little bit of twang. Yep. It's the worst possible combination. You need a scorecard to keep track, says Craig Shirley, a conservative historian. Talk radio on blog. Shirley said that? Surely he didn't say that. Surely he did. Mm. Surely he did. Craig said that, yes. Anyone outside of the system is at the corner of the party, and we're witnessing in real time the shift away from the Republican establishment in deciding who the nominee will be. Palin on Tuesday described Trump as someone who can change the status quo in American politics and be praised, and she praised his values as a father and a community leader. How would anybody know what the fuck she said? It was just no, a word I, yeah, salad, I have no idea. garbled mix of <laughs> bullshit streaming out of her suck hole. Like, there, I, I don't under, I, it was fucking nuts. Like, there, there's <laughs> yeah. no punctuation. It's just a steady stream of words where she switches topics. It was like, it was like listening to Donald Trump as a woman. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and and that's what I was going to say. They're all really small words too. It's just that they, you can't make sense of it. Uh, she said he builds big things, things that touch the sky. <laughs> and Trump Trump looked on glowingly. Uh, Did you see just the the image of him standing on stage and he's kind of like I know rocking back and forth and just grinning like and swinging his arms a little bit like he's a little schoolboy standing yep. there like oh shucks yep exactly <laughs> it was the fun like that was the funniest images I've seen of him at all oh I know yeah because he usually doesn't look that sort of uh, he looked very sheepish yeah and, sheepish and, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah sort of like you know cheeks red bashful kick oh oh stop. <laughs> Uh, he has spent his life looking up, she says, to which I say, oh, yes, how very Palin to be the, to, uh, to be free of context and sound metaphorical for something. It was very, it was very <laughs> Deepak Chopra-ish. Well, uh, but maybe worse. Had she thrown quantum in there, yeah, no, I would no have been quantum, like, okay, yeah. sure. She doesn't even know what that She's means. been listening to Deepak, okay. Of the GOP leadership and critics of Trump, she said, they are so busted. What the heck would the establishment know about conservatism? <laughs> oh, man. It's interesting. She she combined a sour grapes and Scotsman fallacy in one. Uh, after Palin finished, hmm, Trump waved and put his arm around her. We're going to give him hell, he said, as the crowd roared. The value of Palin's endorsement was hotly debated Tuesday, with Trump supporters saying her popularity in Iowa will give the reality TV star a significant lift and Cruz backers playing down the uh, her impact. Uh, Barry Bennett, Ben Carson's former campaign manager, sided with those who thought it was consequential. I think Sarah Palin actually helps Trump a lot because she's showing them that it's okay. Whatever lack of credentials he has. He's what's okay? To like Trump? Yeah. Like like he nobody knew that before? All of the all of the people that have put him at you know. Well, this is Carson's campaign digi- manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. Saying Palin's smart. Uh, I mean, yeah, saying that. Yeah. Saying <laughs> Fair enough. Palin's smart. <laughs> 
One one key Cruz ally said Palin could help Trump win over women. <laughs> yeah, because she's not true. <laughs> no. no. Uh, he's a thrice thrice married non church going billionaire, and she gives him credibility with conservative women," said Kellyanne Conway, who manages a cruise super PAC. It's a net positive. Mm. Palin's move came as a surprise to some in her orbit, given her friendly rapport with both Trump and Cruz. In 2011, she dined with Trump at a pizza shop in New York as she mulled her own White House mulled over her own White House bid. And according to Republicans familiar with her thinking, she's been increasingly enthusiastic about Trump as he has surged in the current race. Their circles also overlap. Trump's political director, Michael Glasner, is a former Palin aide. Hmm. Uh, aside from Palin, Trump's campaign is backed by prominent conservatives such as activist Phyllis Schlafly and radio host Michael Savage. Willie Robertson, a star of the Duck Dynasty reality show, is with Trump as well. And I'm actually a this little bit like, surprised that all like these theocrats of people that I hate. I know, and and it's weird that all the theocrats are passing on Cruz. They don't. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Is it just that he's that much of an asshole? I like, think, like everybody, everybody hates Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. Like everybody who knows Ted Cruz thinks he's a fucking asshole. Everybody who's worked with him. Everybody who has ever spent any time with him with the thought of possibly endorsing him, they're like, oh, oh what was I thinking? Yeah, no, fuck we agree guy. on a lot of things, but that guy's a fucking asshole. There's yeah. not a chance in hell that I would endorse that guy. Um, it was interesting that you you mentioned you know Palin's ties to, to other political entities and everything. Rachel Maddow has, has brought that up a little bit, like how awkward it must be for John McCain that his former running mate, someone who he has offered unequivocal support the entire time, right, and has continued to say, like, to this day, that, no, choosing her as my vice presidential running mate was the best decision I ever made. If that's the best decision you ever made, then it's a good fucking thing that you never made it to the White House. Yeah. Um, but how, how awkward it must be for John McCain, because Trump has also said that John McCain wasn't a hero. Right, right. That's Heroes true. don't get captured. That's true. That's true. Which is funny when you think about Jesus, too. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't I like people who don't get captured and tortured. <laughs> Take that cross, cover it in gold. It would be really terrific. What were you going to say? I just was wondering if Trump endorsed Sarah Palin McCain. Did you say that already? Um, I don't know. I, I he I don't know if he was in the spotlight enough to really. Well, I'm saying when they dined together, like is she trying to get like endorsements and money and I, I personally back then and I now personally these think, ties are coming back. Yeah, maybe I race. I think she's looking for her next quickest ride to Veep. Sure. Is what it, you know, just like she did with McCain. Yeah. Um, one well, more if Trump really doesn't want to be that. president, that's perfect. Yeah, she's just. Right. I mean, she's trying to get back into the spotlight and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump called for. Christians to band together and use their powers to protect themselves from the, quote, siege they face. As he said that he received more more pushback for calling to ban Muslim immigration than he would have if he called to ban Christian immigration to America. What? Yeah, this is a really interesting article. What? <laughs> it's not very long. He said, quote, Christianity is under tremendous, tremendous siege. Uh, he said during an event in Iowa. 
Uh, and Trump that's, would, that's some fucking pandering right there. Oh, yeah. And he would know. He's been playing a Christian on TV for a number of months now. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also said, quote, and if I said if I said that about Christians, I would have less backup than if I said it about Muslims. If I said that about Christians, if I said banned, I would have had less difficulty. And that's pretty sad. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So his justification is that he assumes that Christian Republicans are more reasonable than Muslims. If he had said that about Christians, his campaign would have fucking Over. ended that day. Yeah, they'd have lit him on fire and killed him three times. <laughs> Right in the face. Uh, Trump was introduced by a pastor as he looks to shore up the evangelical vote ahead of next month's Iowa caucuses. Evangelical voters made up the majority of the GOP caucus voters in 2012, and Trump has been battling with Ted Cruz over the evangelical vote. And what the fuck would Donald care if he said that about Christians anyway? This is a guy who says that he can stand in the the middle of the street and shoot somebody, and his numbers won't change. And he's not really wrong. But, you know, to be fair, the Cruz-Trump debate is what decades worth of right-wing politics have gotten us all the hateful speech all the fucking ties with god all the racism they've gotten us cruz versus trump that's where they've gotten us yeah the republican party has been slowly eating itself yeah and we're seeing the last the it's death throes now yeah but we're we're also faced with some pretty terrible decisions at this point you know in the thrash in it's in its death throes yeah he noted his own pro- uh, Protestant background as he lamented the lack of power that American Christians have, as he referred to the loss of religion in America's in America as quote death by a million cuts. I don't think he knows. I bet he doesn't even know what a Protestant is. No, and I bet I, he's like as somebody who doesn't like something. Right? That's what I do. I protest things. Sure, I'm a Protestant. <laughs> yeah. it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's, it's the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> and I thought it was funny too because he didn't even get the quote right. It's like, oh, death by a thousand cuts isn't big enough for the Donald. What's a relatable number? One million, right? Everybody knows one million. Death billion, by one it, million, right? I mean, if we, if we look at million. inflation, it's got to be in the billions now, right? Yeah. So it's a million people get that. Sure, they do. Uh, we won't we won't exert the power that we we don't exert the power that we should have. I think that some of the churches are afraid of their tax status, losing their tax status if they're too political. Some of them can endorse, he said. Yeah, the two churches in America are still kind of concerned about illegally breaking the illegal deal they have with the IRS. Sure. No, they fucking <laughs> they they flaunt that shit all the time like, "No, we're going to talk about politics. What are you going to do about it?" That's why I said there's the two churches. Yeah, there's the challenge like, yeah, I know. Like, hey, they hey, send IRS, videotapes. Hey, yeah. IRS, we're talking about politics. What the fuck are you going to do about it? Yeah, yeah. Pers- that's persecution at its finest. Nothing. Go on. <laughs> uh, but the fact is, there's nothing the politicians can do if you band together, but the Christians don't band together. And Jesus, this might be more terrifying than Ted. <laughs> Honestly, because Ted still pushes one religion over all the rest. His. Trump is saying all Christians need to get together in a mutiny of the government. They wouldn't be able to maintain no, that. No, they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They but all the, hate each other enough that that would never fucking happen. Yeah, but the fact that, the fact that that's his idea is 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 scary. Anyway. Yeah. Trump, 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 Trump. And and <laughs> Megan Kelly scares him off stage. Yeah, Megan Kelly's too fucking asshole. Megan Kelly. Megan. Uh, Megan. Megan. So there's Morgan. there's been some disturbing <laughs> developments in the happy little town of Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. All due to Governor Rick Snyder 
and his his super conservative great ideas yep. on how government should operate. Yep. Uh, that rather than having good governance and providing the things that the citizens need, he should put in place emergency manager emergency managers who are answerable only to him. Right. And then can do whatever they want within the city. Right. They don't have a mayor. They have a emergency manager who has who has more power than the mayor and can do whatever the fuck they want. And in the course of doing so, Rick Snyder has poisoned tens of thousands of people in Michigan. Uh, Rachel Maddow has been covering the story from the beginning. She's the reason that it's gotten so much press. And thank she's, you, Rachel Maddow. Yeah, she's she's the one who basically kicked off talking about this story and, and kept on it and has been exposing what's been going on in Michigan when nobody else was really talking about it. Uh, I'm going to play this quick little clip here. You know, I am very proud of what I've done as president. But... The only job that's more important to me is the job of father. And I know that if I was a parent up there, I would be beside myself that my kids' health could be at risk. President Obama speaking today in Detroit about lead-poisoned Flint, Michigan, where he's pledging federal help. Also today, as promised, Governor Rick Snyder of Michigan released his own emails about Flint from the past two years. His office says the uh, 274 pages they released today are all the emails the governor sent or received about Flint this year and last year. It begins with an email in which every single line is redacted. That wasn't an auspicious start, but uh, there is a lot to see in the rest of the documents, especially by the time outside researchers had proved that Flint really did have a problem with lead in its water. And the Snyder administration was trying to figure out why everybody was blaming them. This is to Rick Snyder from his chief of staff in late September. Subject line is Flint water. It says, quote, I can't figure out why the state is responsible. I can help you with that. It's because the state (laughs) was in charge of Flint and everything happened, everything that happened in it. The the whole time this crisis was brewing, Flint was under the control of state appointed emergency managers. One after another, they didn't report to voters. They reported to Governor Rick Snyder. Which brings us to one more big unanswered question. Governor Snyder today released his emails from 2014 and 2015. You can tell how much pressure he's under just by his decision to reveal anything from his inbox. But he hasn't revealed everything. The governor's own timeline of the crisis shows that key decisions in this, including the decision to switch Flint's water source, the key decisions were made in 2013. The switch was enacted in 2014, but Flint's emergency manager made the decision to do it in 2013. We asked Governor Snyder's office last night whether he would also, therefore, release his emails on Flint from 2013. His office replied to us, quote, the governor's emails will be available Wednesday at michigan.gov slash Snyder. This is an unprecedented move. I hate his face. Well, yes, but we still would like to see the emails from the other year of the crisis. Yeah. If what the governor wants is full transparency, then he is two thirds of the way there. The final third, when the decisions were actually made to do this, I think that would probably be the doozy here. That does it for us tonight. We will see you again tomorrow. Now it's time for the last word with Lawrence O'Donnell. Good evening. So, first, I'm curious. I'm I'm curious to know why any of the email information would be redacted. I mean, they showed a picture right, of that email, right. and it was all blacked out. It's we're not talking about NSA top secret 
you right, know, <laughs> right, gover- right. government spy agency information here that's going to compromise the sec- our national security. We're talking about Flint fucking Michigan and their water supply. Yep. And the first email that they release is completely redacted. Yeah, no lines are available. I don't no even know how sentence. that's legal. How how can they get away with redacting information that isn't? Well, I mean, if you're legally supposed to provide it and you give them a paper, but it has nothing on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you're, you're not do, you're not doing it. You know, <laughs> so I don't know either, but uh, it's. It seems to be highly suspicious. Yeah. At best. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then that he hasn't released all of his emails and when asked it's oh we're going to be releasing some emails. This is unprecedented. We're the good guys. No, you're not the good guys. And to say that they don't understand why it's a state problem when the state is the one who created the problem. Right. I there's just so many problems with this. Rick Snyder should be ashamed of he should be so ashamed of himself that he would immediately resign office or offer to resign office until a suitable replacement which would be fucking just about anybody could could be made and he has refused to do so he thinks he's in the right he did the right thing he made a good call he made a good call in poisoning tens of thousands of citizens and and there there have been fatalities right uh, no fatalities. None? Uh, none? Well, none that I'm aware of anyway. Are I haven't heard of any sure? fatalities. But lead, this, we're talking about lead poisoning here. Lead poisoning, it's, lead, lead doesn't wash out of your system. No. Nope, it's there forever. That's why they stopped making pencil, you know, people say, and oh, the, the lead in my pencil broke. Right. You don't use lead, you no, use graphite. graphite, yeah. You don't use lead. Back in the old day, you did use lead, and then people found out, oh, this is fucking poisoning people and damaging their brains. Right, and We need to stop doing that. And gas, and yeah. all that yeah, stuff. Th- yeah, that's why we have unleaded gas. Right. That's why we have paint with no lead in it. Right. Um, it It is a permanent... It, it is Toxin. something that damages you permanently. You can't you can't drink water and flush it out of your system. It, it's not your body doesn't get rid of it. It's a heavy metal. It, it contaminates your body and causes brain damage, yep. cognitive cognitive uh, disruptions that, that lead to all sorts of problems. And he's just like, yeah, I don't understand why it's such a big deal. Yeah. And the point the problem was pointed out to him months and months and months, maybe year, you know, uh, uh, yeah, maybe a knows? year ago. We don't know yet. Yeah. When they first made the switch, they started te- they started testing the water and found really high levels of lead. And he was like, "No, it's fine. No, it's You're wrong. Right. That's not right. You're wrong. That's not correct. You have an agenda. Blah blah blah." And just let this go on and on and on. And then, even after it was proven to him and it started gaining national traction and, and attention, he was still just like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna figure something out, but it's mm-hmm. fine for now. It's okay." And in the meantime, let's keep voting Republicans into office. Because we'll end up with so many more fantastic well, policies like this. as a matter of fact, they're finding much more of exactly this policy across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Ohio's full of this sort of lead poisoning water issues. It's all, mostly across the, the Midwest and some in Texas and some of the bits of the Southwest. But well, uh, all, all the high Republican areas have major problems with the water right now. And speaking for speaking about voting for Republicans and and doing that kind of thing, we were contacted by a listener. I'm not entirely sure who it was, who we had a little back and forth via text message. And in case you would like to send us a message, you can do so at godlessrevolution at gmail dot com. 
You can send us a text at 33081rebel. You can also leave us a voicemail message there. You can find us on Twitter at TGR Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash godlessrevolution. Uh, this listener had sent us in messages uh, via text, and I wasn't quite sure what they were asking for initially. Um, they wanted us to talk about uh, Republican candidates. You know, when I first got the message, I was like, I'm not quite sure what you're asking. So the first the first message that we got said that it's very obvious that you guys are Bernie supporters, but I think you should have a legit legitimate debate about the best Republican candidate. Okay. I think we've done that throughout the debates, right? I mean, we've talked yeah, we've about always, we've always kind of picked our favorites or who we think would do the least amount of damage, I guess. <laughs> Hillary. Um, yeah, Hillary. Yeah. Yeah, Hillary. Um, I've, I've got a tremendously terrible track record at this. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, we've, we've always kind of tried to bounce around like, you know, who, who came off the best in this debate when we covered GOP, uh, who, who would do the least amount of, you know, early on, it was like before we knew the amount of nuclear stupid that Ben Carson was, uh, well, it, was, it kind of seemed like him. And then we've kind of bounced around. Bush and Rand Paul nuclear a little bit. <laughs> oh, sorry, nuclear stupid. <laughs> well, and we've done that, th- and we do that throughout the debate, right? I mean, uh-huh. as, as they say things, we're like, oh, we agree with this, we disagree with that, and here's why. And yep. and then at the end, it's always, okay, well, who do we think won the debate? And who do we think made the best points? And who would we vote for out of the people that we heard tonight? And, and so I think, I mean, we've done that through all of the, d- the debates we've covered. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, we're not Republicans. Right. You know, we're not going to agree with a whole hell of a lot of what they say. So, I mean, us us picking the best moment they had out of a debate is probably the best you're going to get out of out of, well, a, right. out, of and, out of me anyway. I don't know if you feel differently, but I'm No, no, no. no I'm not yeah, really willing to go make a case for a guy I don't agree with. I do for sure. And so my first reply was I think all of us would pick any of the Democratic candidates over any of the Republican candidates. Yep. And then what qualities do you think we should look at for the quote best candidates in the Republican field? Mm. And you know, and that's yep. that's very much toned down from from the initial <laughs> response that I had typed out. And I thought, no, I I need to relax a little bit because, well, I mean, my first the first thought I had was, there's no such thing as the best Republican candidate. I mean, that's like that's yeah. like trying to pick out your favorite piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, right. which which one of these pieces of shit is the best piece of shit? <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think That's... we're I think we're giving him exactly what he wants right now. <laughs> uh, if you if you had to take a spoonful of your own shit and put it in your mouth, would corn make that better or no? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's kind of how I felt about it. Like I don't I don't really yeah. understand the question. Like it didn't. Yeah. Really, I it, mean. It didn't mesh. I, I don't think we're going to have a debate about that. Well, and so then the, the reply was, you know, track record, legislative history, policy, really however you want. Okay. And I it still, sounds like they already have their answer. They're, they want wanting. us to agree. Yeah. yeah. So then, then they sent another message. It said, but only the current candidates. Otherwise, the group consensus would be Rand Paul. And then that really confused me. Wait. Hmm. And then they followed it up with, I'd like to see you guys start with an objective view, which is impossible for us at this point, right? I mean, we can't, unless you, unless you give us a target and say, what are we going to be objective about? Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to look at objectively what they say about something? We, we already have our opinion on these candidates. We can't well, be completely objective about anything and everything they would ever say or do. 
Okay, so, I mean, it depends on what you mean by objective in this sense as well, because almost every time uh, an issue comes up in a debate or politicians are talking about certain issues, uh, I mean, you know, we'll exclude the android Clinton for now, uh, but everybody on stage has an emotional tie to some you know some topic some some policy you know whatever it is their stance is there's some emotional reason for that i mean look no further than chris christie i mean he cannot help but keep his emotions i mean it's full it's running off of him on the podium all the time he's highly emotional i mean they all are i mean called sweat well sweat too yeah yeah it's definitely (laughs) definitely sweating um bush and clinton i think are pretty robotic but i mean but bernie sanders is the one who i think is the most objective candidate out there he's the one that's actually looking at the issues not taking the money not taking the emotion he's looking at it and he's saying this is fucked up this is wrong this has been wrong for years and let's overturn it let's correct it so in my in in as far as i understand that let's look at it with an objective view okay still bernie that's why we like bernie well yeah and i mean I, I like to think that I start with an objective view about anything that any of these people have said. It's not that I dislike the Republicans who are running because I was already biased against them because they're Republicans. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, there's a lot of things that some Democrats have said that I'm, well, we talked about it during the break. Some yeah. of the things that a couple of the Democrats I know about, I really have very strong disagreements with and think that they're assholes for some of the things that they've said and done. Yeah. And I can say that about a Democrat. It doesn't. I don't care what party they're in. I, I care about their views and their positions on things. I can't be objective about anything and everything. They say I wanted this person to try to narrow it down, and, and then it confused me when well, they it, said it, that. It that, strikes me as particularly interesting, though. It's like I want you guys to start with an objective view. Usually, usually that means if you don't agree with me, you're biased. Right. Mm-hmm. Usually that's what that means. Well, and, and it says... mentioned Rand Paul again. Well, yeah, it says, otherwise the group consensus would be Rand Paul, and that confused me. Right, because... When they said, but only the current candidates, otherwise it would be Rand Paul, and I was like, well, uh, as far as I know, Rand Paul is a current candidate. Have uh-huh. I missed some breaking news about his campaign? And they replied that he was cut off the last debate and probably won't be in this one. This was only two days ago, and by that time it was pretty clear that he would be in the debate, so... Um, and then they said, if you're not on the debate stage, you don't have much of a chance, which I, I can pretty much agree with. I mean, that's sure that, and, and Rand Paul sure. felt the same way. That's why he didn't participate in the kids, kids table event. Yeah. Okay. So, so but because, but because I was so confused about all of this, I thought, okay, yeah. well, first let me say, if you're going to send us a text message, great. Thank you very much for doing so. Right. Yeah. Of course. We like hearing from our listeners. Um, I'm not sure who this person is. So in the future, if anybody does send us a text message, please let us know who you are if you want us to say your name. Or I guess unless they want to, yeah, unless they want to remain anonymous. Be able to which, reply to you specifically. Which is fine, too, sure, but then you're yeah. just going to get a whole lot of this because we're not able to clarify exactly what you're talking about. So, yeah. you know, the only point out of all of these that's been made by any of these texts that I'm willing to agree with is that if you're not on the debate stage, you don't have much of a chance. Yep. Totally sure. agree with you. Yeah. Yep. As far as me picking Rand Paul over any, I, I don't know what your criteria is, so I can't say that that's true. Yeah. On some on some things, yes. Well, and I thought rather than continue this back and forth through short, short messages, I would try to just hash it out in the show a little bit. Mm. And, and, you know, so person who sent us these text messages i hope and i've i hope i've made it a little more clear about it looks like why, their number why i was confused it looks like their number is one five 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 just kidding <laughs> um but 
so if you're if you're listening and you hear this, you know, please feel free to send us any any clarifying comments or or replies that that you feel are necessary because at this point still i i'm not entirely sure what you're asking for mm-hmm. uh, like i said i think we've covered that in our previous shows and through the debates taking taking an objective view of something and saying i you know i think this is correct this person says the opposite of that and uh, so i disagree with them and here's why i think i think we've done that even through the democratic debates and said that's wrong and here's yeah. why or i disagree and here's why you know, so maybe because the Republican debates are so long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they don't make it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. Please feel free to contact us again and let us know more details on what you were talking about because I just I really didn't understand what they were asking for. FYI, don't be yep. offended by me. I'm not technically part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> feel free to be offended by her and send all of our email to godlessrevolution at gmail.com. Or if you could figure out my name. <laughs> Go ahead and yeah. send it to me. That that too. I I liked when Matt set both Jeff and I up on on the show with Jeff Linville. What was your name? What was your name? <laughs> <laughs> and I apologize. I can't remember Jeff's wife's name. But when you asked me, and I was like, "Oh, it's Linda. Linda, you're a cunt. <laughs> you're a cunt." <laughs> That made me giggle when I listened to it the other day. Me too. <laughs> All right, what you got next? Oh, JT Eberhard. Yay, I like JT. I do too. He's a great guy. Uh, I'll just read this as is because obviously he's a great writer. Well, here's some big news. CFI has found a replacement for their retiring CEO, Ronald Ronald Lindsay. I don't know why that was hard. I don't know why, but when you said CFI, I was thinking CSI and I, I don't know. TV's on the brain. No, no, CFI, Center for Inquiry. Ronald Lindsay is his name. Uh, and they've done it by merging with the Richard Dawkins Foundation. Robin Blumner will will become the new CEO of CFI Dawkins. The Richard Dawkins Foundation and, uh, for Reason and Science and the Center for Inquiry, two of the most two of the world's most respected free thought institutions have announced their intent to merge. The new organization will be... Can I get through one goddamn sentence without fucking up one word? I don't know. I'm waiting to find out. Okay. (laughs) The new organization will be the largest secularist organization in the United States, will bear the name of Center for Inquiry, with the Richard Dawkins Foundation for Reason and Science becoming a division of CFI. Bam! I got one. Robin Blumner, currently president and CEO of... Richard Dawkins, CEO of the combined entity, will be the CEO of the combined entity on January 25th. Ronald A. Lindsay, currently president and CEO of CFI, will, will retain the title of president until the merger is complete and will work closely with Blumner un, uh, during the transition period. Previous to leading uh, Richard Dawkins Foundation, Blumner was a syndicated columnist for the Tampa Bay Times and led two statewide affiliate, affiliates of the American Civil Liberties Union. That was hard. That one was hard. I don't know. That was why. close. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> you did Good it, job. Yeah. Richard Dawkins, founder and chair. <laughs> Richard Dawkins, founder and chair, uh, will become a member of the CFI board of directors along with other directors uh, once the merger is complete. CFI and Richard Dawkins Foundation plan to begin unified operations immediately, although the merger will not become final until later this spring after necessary legal filings and regulatory approval. 
JT says he could not be happier about this. Both are great organizations. So in his eyes, they both deserve a leader like Robin Blumner. Add him to the long list who can say, who can only say that their interactions with Robin have been entirely positive and particular props to outgoing CEO Ron Lindsay, who calls this merger the greatest achievement of his tenure at CFI. Ron's a great man who did excellent things. Thank you, JT. Yay. Yeah, I was I was surprised to see this. I hadn't heard anything about it. Like, it caught me completely by surprise. Not that I'm... Not that I would think that I would have great insight into the inner workings of Richard Dawkins or CFI, but well, many, I didn't many see of those, any indication or hint that any of this was coming along at all. Like Many of those random and rather ordinary words caught me by surprise for some reason in that article, so... <laughs> You sound like Megan Kelly. I've read them both, and they have very similar words in them. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and that's um, what Trump's afraid of. I hope I don't ever hear that again. <laughs> you sound like Megan Kelly. <laughs> hmm. But I thought that was great news. Uh, I was I was excited yes, when I saw that. I was excited to see that Robin's going to be heading it up. Uh, she's she's clearly very well qualified and mm-hmm. a terrific person. So, yeah, I, I, I look forward to the change. It should be pretty exciting. Indeed. That's nifty stuff. Uh, Snifty. Going back to politics a little bit here. That's nifty stuff. We've talked about the Donald, and we've talked about the Cruz. Yeah, let's get back to politics. There hasn't, there's been so much religion in this show. <laughs> uh, so both Donald, both the Donald and the Cruz missile. Uh, yes. Worship at the feet and altar of St. Reagan. Mm-hmm. And Especially the cruise missile. And think that Reagan, Ronald Reagan was a fantastic president. One of the best presidents we've ever had. So I thought it was interesting when I saw earlier this week, this little clip from, mm-hmm. from, I have I had noticed you take interest in this particular clip. From the Jellybean loving actor. Rather than making them, or talking about putting up a fence. Why don't we work out some recognition of our mutual problems, make it possible for them to come here legally with a work permit? We're creating a whole society of really honorable, decent, family-loving people that are in violation of the law, and secondly, we're exacerbating relations with Mexico. So this is... They're living here? I don't want to see a whole... This is, this is Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush mm-hmm. basically trying to one-up each other on... Who has more compassion for Mexican immigrants? In 1980. Yeah. In 1980. Not that long ago, but so much has changed since then in the Republican Party. Oh, think of six and eight-year-old kids being made, you know, one totally uneducated and made to feel that they're living with outside the law. And then while they're working God, doesn't and earning here, doesn't... they pay taxes here. And when they go, want to go back, they can go back and they can cross and open the border both ways by understanding their problems. I'd like to see something done about the illegal alien problem that would be so sensitive and so understanding about labor needs and human needs that that problem wouldn't come up. The United States and our neighbors, particularly our neighbor to the South, should have a better understanding and a better relationship than we've ever had. And I think that we haven't been sensitive enough to our size and our power. These are good people, strong people. Part of my family is a Mexican. Part of my family is a Mexican. 
<laughs> At least we know where he, where the oh, other man. where the other bushes got their you know great yeah. sense of how to use the English it was, language. It was amazing to to watch young H W youngish H. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm not a fucking bush. I swear. <laughs> a young a younger. I'm a Palin. <laughs> yeah, a younger H W Bush, and how much his mannerisms are just like like W. Oh yeah, surprising. They kept it all in the family, if you yeah. know what I mean. Except the one Mexican. <laughs> except yeah, the except one Mexican. <laughs> well, and Jeb, Jeb, Jeb went outside the family too. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, part, I wonder part if that's, of my family's a Mexican. I wonder if that's who Poppy was talking about. Was that Jeb's wife at the in time? In 1980, would Jeb have been married in 1980? I don't know. That's so long ago. We weren't Maybe. even alive. <laughs> I was barely. You youngins weren't. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... Hey, I watched this on the news that initially was the first time it was ago. aired and was just wrapped. I bet, yeah. <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> you were watching that, dude. That was 36 years ago. I was watching Sesame Street and fucking Captain Kangaroo. Mm. Captain Kangaroo was good. Do you even know who Captain Kangaroo is? Yeah. You, Meg doesn't know. How do you not know who Captain Kangaroo is? When did we watch that? Well, apparently we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We had very different tastes in shows. What's the age difference? One year. One year is all. Mm-hmm. She's older. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just turned I'd... 36. Four. 34. So you're 35. That's why I'm better than Jesus. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. <laughs> How quickly I forget. It's because I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I used to watch Captain Kangaroo, and did, do you remember Zoobly Zoo? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you, you remember something. Zoobly Zoo. Zoobly Zoo. Yeah. Fun and adventure waiting for you. I didn't really like that stuff. No, you didn't care for that <laughs> stuff. Like any of it, though. I know. Like, it was all bullshit. Yeah. yeah. You guys are fucking stupid. Captain Kangaroo was legit. I'm not saying that. I just didn't care for it. <laughs> I don't care what you do. <laughs> You're fine doing whatever. No, thanks. Smoking crack. Cool. You guys do whatever you want. Do your own thing. You do you. <laughs> Growing up, Bernie Sanders followed the path of many young American Jews. He went to Hebrew school, was bar mitzvah, and traveled to Israel to watch to work on on the uh, kibbutz. Kibbutz. On the kibbutz. A kibbutz. Kibbutz. But as an adult, Sanders drifted away from Jewish customs. And as his bid for the White House gains momentum, he has a chance to make history, not just as the first Jewish president, but as one of the few modern presidents to present himself as not religious. I am not actively involved with organized religion, <laughs> Sanders said in a recent interview. Sanders said he believes in God, though not necessarily in a traditional manner. I think everyone believes in God in their own ways. To me... It means that all of us are connected, all of life is connected, and that we were all tied together. Whatever that means. Which could just be interpreted as we're all humans and we all we all evolve from the same yeah, primordial knows? soup and we're all interconnected in this weird thing called life. Yeah. Sanders' religious views, which he has rarely discussed, set him apart from the norm in modern American politics, in which voters have become have come to expect candidates from both parties to hold traditional views about God and to speak about their faith journeys, despite how inappropriate and unnecessary that is. True. Uh, 
Every president since James Madison has made the pilgrimage across Lafayette Square to worship at St. John's Episcopal Church at least once, according to the White House Historical Association. Only three presidents, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Andrew Johnson, have been unaffiliated with a specific religious tradition, according to the Pew Research Center for Religion and Public Life. And President Obama and his predecessors have regularly hosted clergy for White House prayer sessions. Blech. Yep. Sanders' chief rival, Hillary Clinton, emphasized her lifelong affiliation as a Methodist during an exchange Monday with viewers in, with voters in Iowa. Clinton did not mention Sand did not mention Sanders, but her words underscored the stark contrast between her more traditional approach and that of her rival. I'm a person of faith. I'm a Christian. Clinton said, I'm a Methodist. I've been raised Methodist. I feel very grateful for the instructions and support that I've received starting, uh, starting in my family, but through my church. Well, there we have it. Increased, increased the divide between Hillary and Bernie. Mm-hmm. Well, she she fucking panders to the religious all the time. Oh, I mean, she, she does it in every debate. She's the one who, our God-given rights, yep. our God-given this, yep. our God-given that. Yep. I believe in a God and a higher power and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, she, blah, that's what I hear. She, fucking yeah, I Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Every time she's up there and starts <laughs> spouting stupid shit like that, that's all I hear. <laughs> Good grief. Good grief. So <laughs> there was some exciting news this week. What? I was made so happy by this, and it's the one thing that I that I've sort of disagreed with JT Eberhard about what? recently. This this little bit here, not not on a great deal of substance yeah. or anything, and me, I I probably won't even talk about it other than, other than to say that he said something about this upcoming story that I thought I disagreed with. Okay, fair enough. Fuck it, I'll bring it up later when I finish this. So this is talking about the grand jury investigating Planned Parenthood indicting the makers of the edited videos instead. Yay! This made me so happy. I thought this was pretty cool. Yeah, this was um, amazing when I saw that. Uh, so this is... this this is. <laughs> I had to check like three different sources, and then I finally saw that Dan Errol posted it, and I'm like, sweet. This really <laughs> happened. <laughs> so this story comes from the New Civil Rights Movement. Uh, it says, the headline says, that or the byline says, instead of indicting Planned Parenthood, the Texas grand jury indicts creators of highly edited videos. The story reads, a Texas grand jury that was investigating Planned Parenthood just opted to not indict the women's reproductive health care provider. Instead, it has handed down indictments for two of the makers of the controversial videos. David Delayden, the founder of the Center for Medical Progress, that's like the Clean Air Act, but really doesn't do anything, uh, an anti-choice group that worked with Republican members of Congress for over a year to create the videos and create a marketing plan to release them and another activist have been indicted. Quote, Center for Medical Progress founder David Delighton was, in, was indicted on a felony charge of tampering with a governmental record and a misdemeanor count of related to purchasing human organs. Another activist was also indicted on a charge of tampering with a governmental record. The second person indicted is Sandra Merritt, also of the CMP. Merritt is also, quote, the founder and CEO of Biomax, the sham tissue procurement company created by the Center to gain entry into abortion clinics and medical conferences, end quote, the Dallas Morning News adds. Harris County District Attorney Devin Anderson 
said the grand jury cleared Planned Parenthood of any wrongdoing. The videos are highly and selectively edited and have been used as, quote, evidence, end scare quote, by anti-abortion activists and anti-choice conservatives to fraudulently claim that Planned Parenthood sells aborted baby parts. Every state, every single state that has investigated Planned Parenthood in response to the videos has found no evidence of wrongdoing by Planned Parenthood. None whatsoever. They are totally in the clear on these videos. There's, there's nothing to them other than the videos being highly edited, just trying to discredit Planned Parenthood and paint them as the bad guys for killing babies and selling their baby parts. Good job, Herbert. But and Carly Fiorina totally bought into that shit. And so did Jason Chaffetz. So did Herbert. And most of the Republican Party, in fact. Yeah, but Chaffetz and, and Fiorina were like on the forefront of persecuting... Well, uh, and Fiorina goes goes on and makes shit up and then starts spouting additional lies tied to this, but with no evidence whatsoever, like just fucking bullshit. So I was I was very happy to see that. Yeah, he did. What's what? Herbert defunded them. He tried and then was told by the courts that he can't do that. Oh, was that? Yeah. So so that happened here in Utah, which was also kind of cool. And but I but I know Louisiana and. I think parts of Florida or all of Florida had significant cuts because of those videos, mm-hmm. or at least partly because of those videos, yeah. and also because of Bobby Jindal. Yeah. So that's awesome news. But I'm just curious because those videos were out for everyone to see. So how did they get a fair trial? How do we know it was a fair trial? That's crazy, right? It's totally <laughs> crazy. <clears throat> so JT wrote a, a little blog post. Uh the title of it is What Was Really Significant About the Grand Jury Hearing for the People Who Faked the Planned Parenthood Videos. He says that you've probably heard by now that the people who made those fake videos about Planned Parenthood selling fetal parts for profit have been indicted by a grand jury. And he quotes part of the story here and it says, Prosecutors in Harris County said one of the leaders of the Center for Medical Progress, an anti-abortion group that made secretly recorded videos purporting to show Planned Parenthood Officials trying to illegally profit from the sale of fetal tissue have been indicted on a charge of tampering with a governmental record, a felony, and on misdemeanor charge related to purchasing human organs. Uh, blah, 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 because we've already covered that. Um, JT says that this actually isn't what's significant in my view. For those who don't know, a grand jury hearing is where it's decided if there's enough evidence to go to trial. Saul Wachtler, the former chief judge of New York State, once Wapner? famously wrote... Wapner? No, no, not Wapner. Wapner. Wachtler. Wachtler. Once famously wrote that grand jury would indict a ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Liars all over. It, unless, I unless didn't mean that... to say that, liars. I, <laughs> that, uh, but, I pronounced that a little weird. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> and I was going to say something that I won't get into, so carry on. Uh, Wapner. Liars all all over have picked up the phrase. Just, just, just said that with a little inflection. I did. I don't know what's going to. And they're <laughs> hardly exaggerating. This is for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that grand jury hearings are run by the prosecutor without judges or lawyers. And there's <laughs> maybe I should just go full Utah. Me. Lawyer. Lawyer. And there's often the presumption of guilt, which in the case of these hucksters was earned. Also, the rules of evidence are much more relaxed for a grand jury hearing than an actual trial. Oh, much, much more. Much, much more, right? The prosec- and, and the story continues that the prosecutor can present things to a grand jury that would be completely inadmissible in an actual trial. Yeah, such as hearsay, 
uh, secondhand accounts, um, tampered evidence, evidence that's been tampered with. That's, that's no longer admissible, obviously, but, but all that kind of stuff can be used in a grand jury to sway the opinion. Right. Which is why cops are never indicted. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm loving <laughs> that you're bringing up these points because that ties into why I disagree with this. Uh, so JT's blog post continues and says, so it's no surprise these swindlers got indicted. Not only are they clearly guilty of sin, even if they weren't, a grand jury returns an indictment well over 90% of the time. That leads us to what is significant. Planned Parenthood was not indicted. Yes. Yes. Exactly so. And he quotes part of the story and says, Boom! On Monday, the Harris County District Attorney, Devin Anderson, said in a statement that the uh, grand jurors had cleared Planned Parenthood of any wrongdoing. Boom! says JT. <laughs> if a grand jury won't indict you, then you're probably cleaner than a fresh powdered baby's ass. That's mm. what really stuck out to me. And this sentence is what really stuck out to me as far as this blog post, that if a grand jury won't indict you, you're probably cleaner than a freshly powdered baby's ass. How did I know that's what you'd be thinking about? <laughs> 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 this this ties into what we've been talking about with a lot of the police shootings. That yeah, yeah, a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich if the prosecutor is is presenting whatever evidence. Basically, the prosecutor provides the evidence that he wants the grand jury to see. Yeah, it's free reign. Yeah, and and then the grand jury basically just says, okay, have we been given enough evidence to say that we should go on with a go on with a trial here? Should we should we take this to the full court? Yep, and. The prosecutor here. So what sticks out to me about this whole story. We know the baby's ass. Rather than Planned Parenthood <laughs> being cleaner than a freshly powdered baby's ass, which they actually are. Mm-hmm. What sticks out more to me here is that the prosecutor either a, completely a failed. Baby's ass. I mean, the, the prosecutor was was requested by <laughs> by by the state of Texas to, to do this in order to create an indictment against Planned Parenthood. Right. So either the prosecutor is so completely fucking inept at what they're doing that they couldn't do that, or the prosecutor, in fact, is a supporter of Planned Parenthood and offered up enough evidence that an indictment against Planned Parenthood wouldn't happen but would happen against these people. Um, Or, or, or the prosecutor really remained unbiased and presented absolutely everything they had and the jury looked at it and said that's just not enough that could also be the case yeah i mean you got you have to consider too you're you're talking about two branches right you have the defense and the prosecution both are funded by the state the prosecution is the only side of that that takes the state's case so the prosecution is way more funded than the defense. So in during during an indictment hearing, is a defense even offered? You do not have a defense. Yeah, that's you what do, I thought. Is but, that it's no, but that I know, but I mean, yes, no. There's no there's no defense present during a grand jury. But the point is that prosecution is very heavily funded because they are the ones that prosecute the state's cases. The state funds both sides, and the prosecution is much more heavily funded. Defense attorneys have shit to work with. I mean, cause they're the ones fighting the state and the state f- cuts their checks. Right. So they're they're They have way less resources, way fewer resources. So you're talking about the prosecution has the most funding, the most reason. I mean, everything's on their side. They have the only, the only case to make 
you know, they don't have any opposition, and they still couldn't they still couldn't make a case against Planned Parenthood. Yeah, and so, in Texas. Yeah, and so historically, we've seen prosecutors fail to fail to get indictments for officers when. It's pretty clear that there was enough evidence that they should have been indicted. It at should least, have gone to at a, least to trial. It should yeah. have been. It should have gone to trial, right? In, in an officer-involved shooting, as as the person previously said, you know, you can get an indictment against a ham sandwich. So, just not a bacon sandwich. So yeah, I think I think that was kind of missed <laughs> in in JT's write-up here that you know that if the and and that, and it bothered me that the, like I said the the sentence that really stuck out to me is if a grand jury won't indict you, then you're probably cleaner than a freshly powdered baby's ass. And we know that that's not the case. We suspect it's not. But we we don't know for sure because they haven't gone to trial. I mean, not that that's the be-all, say-all, end-all, do-all, hell-all, everything. Yeah. <laughs> I fucked it up the first time, so I just went going, kept going. <laughs> but but I mean, but at, but at least there should be a trial for some of those. I mean, we we just won't we just won't ever hear all the evidence because most of it, you know, just doesn't ever end up in trial. Yeah. So certainly for some, that was my minor disagreement with so, JT on something. Yes, well, I'm on your side. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll just uh, two. I'll just give you two words. Huh. Tamir Rice. Yes, there's there's many more names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sure we could list, but, but, but that's the one that really hits me in the heart, man. Yeah. Okay, moving on. What you got? I got some more stuff. All right, let's go international. Woo! Woo! Women are now sitting in protest and have said that they will not budge until they're allowed to continue their journey to the temple. Police in Western India have prevented hundreds of women from marching to a temple traditionally open only to men. Hindus are more friendly to females, are they? What? (laughs) The protesters want access to pray in its inner sanctum, but were stopped in a village. sanctum. (laughs) But were stopped in a village 70 kilometers, 43 miles from their destination in Maharashtra State. Was it 70 kilometers or 43 miles? Because, <laughs> you know, otherwise it would be 140 kilometers or 86 miles. Yes. <laughs> you are correct. I just threw some quick math out there, and I'm drunk. Yeah, some some quick. I, I That's will... some common core shit for you right some there, arithmetic. motherfucker. That's new math. Yeah, I learned I, that shit in grade school. I'm more impressed with your ability to remember the numbers I said rather than add them. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that wouldn't even have registered if she wasn't here. <laughs> because Ryan and I would have so Ryan and I would have just gone right on through that. <laughs> Apology accepted. <laughs> <laughs> the group wants to end the humiliating practice of barring women from the main shrine at Shangi Shingnapur. And this is not a funny article. Um, <laughs> Did I spoil the movie? <laughs> Did I? I'm just making sure to let the audience know. Getting <laughs> serious times it, it's, now. Sorry, guys. It's just, it's standard misogyny. It, it doesn't get anything horrific, but uh, reports say that about 600 police were deployed in the area. The women were denied permission to hire a helicopter. 600 police officers, which is really doing a lot for that masculine image they're trying to maintain. Ew, icky women. Right? 
We all know that the ladies are pretty gross. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag right to worship began trending in India as the protest gathered momentum. The Shani Shingnapur Temple in America was dedicated to Lord Shani, believed to be a personification of the planet planet Saturn. Shani? How's that spelled? S-H-A-N-I. Oh, thought maybe it was Shania. Shania Twain. And I just forgot. What? What? Why would it be Shania Twain? Because, I don't know. This is thousands of years ago. I don't know. Your sister made me listen to that shitty goddamn country music (laughs) earlier. (laughs) Okay. I didn't listen to it. But either way, it has to do with Saturn, so it's far more reasonable than Christianity. All right. (laughs) And those silly Muslims. Uh, We're determined to end this distasteful practice on Republic Day, Troop D. Desai said, uh, the president of the group. Um, however, temple priests and residents nearby had opposed the move and said they would form a human chain around the temple to prevent the women from entering. Boys only. They're going to encircle the temple to keep the ladies out. Mm-hmm. Like yep. hands across Do they the, not temple, have the temple thing. And hands across Shania. Yeah. Red Rover, Red Rover. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, you can't come in. <laughs> right. <laughs> Send only men right over. <laughs> the protest led by a women's group called the Bamata Brigade, Women Warriors for Mother Earth, saw the participation of up to a thousand women, according to some Indian media reports, which is roughly point zero 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 one percent turnout. So, you know, step it up, women warriors. <laughs> yeah, where are you? <laughs> this is India we're talking about. Get some numbers. A majority of the protesters were traveling to the temple by road, but were stopped by a large group of policemen at the town of Supa, around 70 kilometers from the temple. No American translation. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> How many kilometers would that be? You're welcome. the women have said (laughs) that they will not move until no that is not funny and i'm not laughing at it anymore (laughs) the women have said that they will not move until they are allowed to continue their journey to the temple the campaign has gathered traction in india media indian media and on social media and many other with it many other people using hashtags right to worship right to pray and express support for the women so here we go again with uh, religions being bigoted and stupid. Uh, but I can't help but wondering why they want to be a part of this fucking thing anyway. Like, it's the same thing with uh, the, you know, uh, homosexuals and the Mormons. What? Just fucking leave, dude. Or women Get and the, the Mormons. and Or women in any of religion. Yeah. Or w- women rep- in Republican. I mean, get the fuck out of there. They don't want you. Yeah, like uh, I think I mentioned it on the show before that you know the way they don't the, even like you. The way the LDS Church treats women was one of the one of the things that led me out of the church. I just I couldn't understand why so many women were there when they have no voice. They can't you know they can't hold any positions of of real leadership or power within the church they're treated as second class citizens they can't mm-hmm. they can't even attain the highest level of heaven without their shitty fucking knuckle dragging husband calling them up to the celestial kingdom yeah the a woman cannot get into the celestial kingdom without her husband calling him there yeah. and he gets to choose he gets to choose if he's going to do that and he can choose to call multiple wives to him in the celestial right. kingdom can you imagine that damp just standing up there shitting out his dick <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh, mary or martha or 
They and he's tell, the one that gets to decide yeah. because he's not a bleeding, stinking woman. And this is something and that's that ultimately hang, the And this problem. is something that hangs over the head of LDS women their entire lives. Well, if I'm not really nice and good and making sandwiches and yeah, clean up, yeah, when, exactly, clean it's, up when he wants me to. And this is why I would cry. Why I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah, it's shameful. Yeah, I, and they they live their lives in subjugation, and then so many of them stand up and defend it. It's it's why I I I can easily point or call out bullshit when I when you know. We hear. Is that what you're going to stand up and call in the end? <laughs> <laughs> when we hear bullshit, bullshit, you're welcome. I call it bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? What? <laughs> no, then fuck you very much. But when we see Muslim women saying that, oh no, you know, we wear the burqas and and it's fine and we're not being suppressed. It's what we want to do. Secret. You you've honors been... that they. Yeah. Say that you have, well, but and, you don't. And you've been indoctrinated in this your entire life. You're a victim of this line of thinking, and you mm-hmm. don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then they it. shame the women with any power anyway if they step outside that box. Yeah. What do you? What, but what do you mean, though? Raising children is the greatest honor God has given us. Mm-hmm. And Heavenly Mother is so important, we're not ever going to talk about and her. And don't even know who the fuck she these is. These are these secret honors that <laughs> no, 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 so dear. But Heavenly Father respects her so much, he won't divulge her name that it would be used right, in vain. Right, we couldn't ever, yeah. Your powers are separate but equal. <laughs> right, which is a great <laughs> policy for eyebrows, <laughs> but not so much for education or gender. It's true. I'm a big fan of eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Plur- plural. Speaking, yeah. <laughs> hey, Bert. <laughs> speaking of the LDS Church, did I put you on the child show path? I don't know. I just <laughs> I thought of, I thought of unibrows, and I was like, Hey, Bert. Hello, hey, Bert. Uh, this the, this show is. We need Ryan to, to keep us in. on the rails. Balances out. <laughs> Ryan, we we'll miss you, buddy. All right, uh, what's next? Do you have anything else? I have much more else. Oh, do you? This is the last thing I've got. Do you want to cover something else? Uh, see how sh- yeah, this one's shortish. All right. God has created yet another possible threat to human survival, and it's certainly making things more miserable on Earth. He created all the threats to human survival. Yeah, but this is yet another, as I said in my very own headline. All of- <laughs> <laughs> okay. The infection. Zika, which causes symptoms including mild fever, conjunctivitis, and headache, has already been found in 21 countries in the Caribbean, North, and South America. Conjunctivitis? You get that from sleeping on poop pillows. On what? Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded... Why did I use... I tried to use it. It was the wrong time. The worst possible time. Yeah, I sneak in here and shit on his pillows. What? (laughs) God damn it. <laughs> it's been linked to thousands of babies being born with underdeveloped brains, and some countries uh, have advised women not to get pregnant. No treatment or vaccine available. Ah, yes, more abstinence-only policies. The virus was first detected in 1947 in monkeys in Africa. Mm. There, <laughs> Every time. There have, it's goddamn monkeys. I know. There have since been small, short-lived outbreaks in people in the continent part uh, on the continent, parts of Asia and the Pacific Islands, but has spread on a massive scale in the Americas, where transmissions transmission was first detected in Brazil in May 2015. 
people really need to stop interacting with monkeys in Africa. Yeah. What the fuck is happening over there? Uh, large numbers of mosquitoes, which carry the virus, and a lack of any natural immunity is thought to be helping the infection to spread quickly. Zika is transmitted by the bite of the 80s mosquito, which are found in all countries. In the, the 80s mosquito? Like, does it wear peg jeans and uh-huh. have really shitty hair? Feathers their hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They long to be a flock of seagulls. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they hang around trash? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but they are carrying poison, so... Mm. Well, they were a shitty band, too. Yeah, and Skinny Bump. <laughs> uh, found in all oh countries <laughs> in the region except Canada and Chile. Hmm. Now a Trump victory isn't the only reason to go to Canada. In a statement, the Pan American Health Organization, PAHO, the regional office of the WHO, PAHO, I just said that, uh, Paho. <laughs> Paho. Paho anticipates that Zika virus will continue to spread and will likely reach all countries and territories of the region where 80s mosquitoes are found. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> They're all wearing leg warmers. <laughs> High tops. A lot of aerobics. Oh, man. Acid wash jeans. I have some of those. <laughs> Fucking material girls. <laughs> Paho. Lots of bracelets. Yeah, bracelets, yes. Uh, Paha is advising people to protect themselves from the mosquitoes, which also spread dengue fever and chikungunya. Chikungunya, chikungunya. That one other disease too. By the way, eighties A E D A S. A E D E S. Uh, yes. Okay. It's not how I've ever spelled it. It's also, <laughs> you're welcome. It's also confirmed <laughs> the virus had been detected in semen, and there was one cause of of possible person to person sexual transmission. But further evidence is still needed. Around eighty percent of infections do not result in symptoms. The biggest concern for the potential impact on is on babies developing in the womb. Did you say eighty percent of the victims don't show symptoms? Infections do not result in symptoms. Yes. How oh. are they tracking this? <clears throat> um, with uh, pa pa ho, pa ho, and who? Mm. That must have been where I lost you. Did Sorry. you not catch the pa ho? P a h o, which is the um. Hold on, I'll find it. <clears throat> the uh, pa ho, the Pan American Health Organization. Yeah, that one. Pa ho. That's how they're tracking it. Um, pa ho who? But babies developing in the womb, there have been around 3,500 reported cases of microcephaly, babies born with tiny brains, in Brazil alone since October. Strongly Catholic country, those babies won't be needing their brains anyway. Uh, <laughs> I thought that, uh, yeah, thought that, thought that might be a little... You'll be uh, fine. Anyway, Paho warned... You'll have an excuse for not wanting to use a condom. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Uh warned against pregnant women to be especially careful and to see their doctors before and after visiting areas affected by the virus. But just don't use condoms. Paho should be dropping these with crop dusters across the whole fucking region, man. Yep. Um, Not just because of Zika, but just generally. And they should be deploying those GMO mosquitoes to go right. kill all of the all 80s, of the 80s all ones. All those fucking hipster mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Colombia, Ecuador, El Salvador, and Jamaica last week recommended women display, not display, but delay pregnancies <laughs> until, until more was known about the virus. Yeah, good plan. Second world. Is that just a button they can push? Right, yeah. Like delay. Uh, pause. Right. And, yeah. and, and second and third world countries are typically so good at controlling birth rates. So, I mean, this is a, <laughs> yeah. this is a great plan. Yeah. How are the monkeys making it? How uh, are <laughs> the what? How are the monkeys making it? If they're it? infected, like, do their offspring not get affected? It probably doesn't affect them. Like, you know... Uh, These are 60s and 70s monkeys, man. They, they <laughs> live well, through anything. Well, and animals can be can be carriers of certain, pathog- right. of certain pathogens without without having any effect on but them at all. But I kind of feel like, and maybe this is a little conspiracy theory-ish, but it's like, oh, it's the it came from Illuminati. Africa, from Mon- monkeys, and monkeys in Africa. Like, yeah, yeah, nobody questions it. It's like, oh, yeah. Those oh, that happens all monkeys. the time. Okay, we've heard <laughs> yeah. this before. Yeah. yeah. It just seems really unofficial. God damn it, stupid monkey fuckers. Stop it. It's <laughs> mosquitoes. <laughs> all right. The 80s. The 80s mosquitoes. Uh, Maria Cuero, Cueros said that there was a sense of fear where she lives in the Olympic Park re- uh, region of Rio de Janeiro. Everyone is at risk. We're all scared of getting Zika. We're surrounded with dirty water, polluted water, but we cannot... Sorry, this is not terribly well written. Uh, but what we can do is to put on repellent and try to keep the mosquitoes away. Uh, Professor Laura Rodriguez, a fellow at the Brazilian Academy of Sciences and from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Um, it's a pretty era- esoteric title, mm-hmm. that one. Uh, said some data suggested that up to one in 50 babies had birth defects and uh, in one of the worst hit areas in Brazil. She said, until November, we knew nothing. This has caught us by surprise and we're trying to learn as fast as we can. Wherever there is dengue... There's a mosquito, then it will spread, and and not just in the in the Americas. I think it's a very real chance it will spread to Asia, and the Illuminati's plan for population control will be complete. I think you mean complete. Complete. <laughs> <laughs> Hans Bricks. <laughs> God damn! Open your fucking ears. <laughs> that movie's funny. Paho. Advice is to ensure all can. Condi- I repeat, this is not a funny article. No, <laughs> all all containers that can hold even small amounts of water should be emptied and cleaned to prevent mosquitoes breeding. Yeah, because those are all the regions that don't need any small vessels of clean water to drink at all. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus. Uh, I mean, I get what they're trying to say, but it's just like just one thing after another. Um, too bad we. Uh, didn't have the kind of budget that could help other countries. In any I way. know, right? Wish we could do something about that. We'll pray um, for him. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely pray. Oh, that's right. And also, do you calling all prayer warriors? <laughs> is it just cash, or do you also accept drones? You know what would fix this if we send over a fuck ton of Bibles? Bibles, yeah, yeah, truckloads of Bibles. Yep. So they can smash the rosary mosquitoes? beads. Yeah. So yeah. they can smash mosquitoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> they already have tons of those. Um, people should protect themselves by using insect, insect repellent, covering up, keeping windows and doors closed. The director general of the WHO, Paho, I already told you, second time now, Margaret Chan said that the outbreak was extremely worrisome. So who's worried about the outbreak? Good. Are they on first? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. 
Man, that's shitty. Yes. They do need to deploy the uh, GMO mosquitoes. Yep. Yeah, and GMO humans would be good, too. I've been I've been debating the GMO stuff on the Faces book a lot. Have you? Recently. I can't believe how many people are still so fucking ignorant about it. Well, they probably saw GMO OMG or whatever. And it, you know, oh yeah, or they or they follow David Wolf or the Food Babe or, you know, all these fucking woo-woo-wee stupid shits who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It troubles me, though, how many people still cling to GMOs as being this awful evil thing that well you can't trust science all the time and it's blind faith and corporations mm-hmm. and money and big pharma and agra blah, 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 blah. it's almost a religion at this point right yeah. these people that are so virulently anti-GMO because they keep making <clears throat> these these GMO of the gaps arguments like they started right, out right, saying right. you know it's franken food they're turning you know tomatoes into half tomato half fish and we're going <laughs> to Right, have right, all right. these problems and people are going to have birth that's a meal in one. And... I like that idea. Ooh, tomato fish. Mm. <laughs> you know, but... Some mackerels. So they make all these what? really terrible <laughs> arguments and when you show them that those are wrong, then it's, well, I don't trust Monsanto because they're a big company who doesn't look out for anybody else and they, they want to patent all of the seeds and they force farmers to do this and they sue farmers and then you show them that, no, they don't sue farmers willy-nilly. They've won every single case because... There was very good grounds for them to win every case. They try not to take people to court. The cases that they have gone in, they've won. And the cases that they've won were because the farmers were doing shit really, really illegally. And then they say, okay, well, you know, then you can't trust them because they want to they wanna corner the market and, and monopolize everything. Do all these people everything. grow their own food? No. Okay, they shop at Walmart no, and then say the, this. And they have no fucking experience whatsoever with agriculture at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No experience with biology, mm-hmm. really. They Well, we don't either. It kills you me because either. a lot of these people are on the left, right? Like Bill fucking yeah, oh, Maher. Oh, yeah, every time. Like like Bill Maher, a lot of people on the left who believe in evolution and and think that's cool and they, yeah, underst- yeah, yeah. they understand that that's a principle that works. Well, but, and they, then, but they don't understand it or else they'd be fine with GMO. Yeah. They just they just don't like the God idea, and they're like, well, evolution's another thing that non-God people tend to well, gravitate towards. they're taking towards. genes, and they're manipulating genes and taking genes yep. from something that's not even a plant and putting it in a plant. And I'm like, do you have any idea how many genes you share with a fucking tomato? Mm-hmm. So- We we already did a full episode on this, you're but like, you're not, like not 80%, that it matters. You're, you're, like, you're like, you know, almost 90% chimp, but you're also yes. more than 80% fucking tomato. Yep. So, well, maybe you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like 46% with broccoli or something or other. But have you listened to the Infinite Monkey Cage podcast? No. Okay. Everyone needs to go listen to that. Infinite Monkey Cage? It's fucking amazing. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. It's, okay. Do you know Brian Cox, the British physicist yeah, I love from Brian Oxford? Cox. Yeah, it's his show. And he's with Robin Ince, who was he's Not a, sure who that is. a stand-up comedian who worked with Ricky Gervais on I don't know how many projects, um, including yeah. some bits on The Office and uh, uh, Idiot Abroad and all that. Oh, um, okay, yeah. So Brian Cox, Robin Ince, and they have all kinds of other scientists on it. I mean, including Americans like Bill Nye, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, everything like that. But um, if you go back, way back to 2009. He's going back. Back, <laughs> back, back, way on. back. You go back to 2009. They have another one of my favorite scientists, Dr. Alice Roberts, um, on on 
the show, and they're talking about different forms of skepticism, GMO, and all this kind of stuff. They have a number of issues, or a number of episodes dealing with the issue of GMO, where they can completely dispel it. Um, But uh, Alice Roberts brought it, well, I think actually Brian may have brought it up in the first place. Uh, but they were talking about, you know, people who are skeptical about all these different scientific principles, GMO, evolution, whatever it is. But they're all perfectly happy to get on an airplane. You know, there's no aviation skeptic. There's no aviation deniers. They're not like, well, yeah, I'm, I mean, well, I would get on a plane, but that wing isn't quite right, is it? Because I've got a much better idea about how that wing actually should work. You know, and so, no, there's none of that. They're just all the ones that want to pick apart things like evolution and GMO and all this other bullshit that they think they're experts in. But they but they pick and choose which sciences they think they know about. Yeah. Well, and like I said, they, they make these... The the G, it's not the God of the gaps arguments. It's the GMO of the gaps arguments. Like yes. the arguments against GMO get smaller and smaller, and those are the ones that people keep clinging to. Like you know, for a long time, then it was you know, well, GMOs are killing the bees. No, GMOs aren't killing the bees. Mm-hmm. There's been a there's been a loose correlation between certain types of pesticide and bee colony collapse, but the pesticides in question have nothing whatsoever to fucking do with GMOs. Those right. pesticides are used on organic crops. So what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. They, they don't have anything to do with GMOs. It's just this it's just this ever shrinking line of argumentation and they keep clinging to any little thing that they possibly can. It's like it's like a drowning man clean, you know, reaching out someone sinking in quicksand and reaching out and grabbing yeah. handfuls of grass around him and and they keep getting further and further in and it's like when are you just going to fucking give up and realize that all of your arguments are bullshit? Never because they'd have to say they were wrong. I like I don't I don't like I know, being wrong, you, I know, but I, I like I when people correct me and and show me where I've been wrong. Yeah, but 99% of people you are don't. not the norm. No, <laughs> most people don't do that. <laughs> I don't understand why. I don't either. I mean, if you're wrong and somebody can show you you're wrong, then you've learned something. And you should be happy that you've learned something instead of continuing to wander around with your pants around your ankles, shitting all over yourself. People don't like to be out of their comfort zone and they don't like to be, Well, they're probably shown that they're wrong. That means they're, you know, not the best person they could be. And it creates an insecurity that nobody really likes unless you really love change <laughs> they're probably they're or prob- really love learning stuff sure. right they're probably more like me and less like dan um i've just learned over time that when when one person teaches you that you're wrong on something you can sort of kind of quietly accept that and then turn around and be right over everybody else. So just learn. Do it that way. Do it that way. Who cares? It's one person that taught you. They're they're the only one that knows you're an idiot. Oh man, when I when I yeah, just if it's your ego that's an issue, just fucking ride with it. Just let it roll, dude. Take that wave, man. Well, when I figure out that I've been wrong on something, I want to tell everybody like. Oh my god, you guys, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I was wrong. You should listen to this. Like, I was super fucking wrong on this. Here's why I was wrong, and here's the new evidence that shows why I was wrong, and oh god, please forgive me for, you know, being god, a Please forgive me? What is happening? <laughs> what? No, what? <laughs> please forgive me for being wrong on this before and, and saying these <laughs> dumb things like, oh, I was, I was... You know, I don't know. I don't know how I was so easily duped about this yeah. stuff. And Dan is much cooler than most people, but yeah. No, no, I, I don't know. I, don't I, I wasn't know. saying you were saying that. I'm just saying, like, 
most people most people probably don't want to celebrate it that much. So I'm just saying, yes. if it's ego driven, just do it like I do. If you get corrected, just keep it quiet and then turn around and fucking fire that shit on everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I. So for all, all week long, I've been thinking. You know, I want to I want to make this post about things that I've been wrong uh, wrong about in the past that. I'm very happy that someone has shown me that I was wrong. So That's that actually I'm no a pretty cool idea. Wrong, you know, uh, that is pretty cool, really. And just just kind of provide a list of you know, I used to think this, and I was wrong, and I used to think this, and I was wrong, and this and that, and you know, encourage people to say when they're wrong because it's not bad. It's right. not it's yeah. not bad to be wrong. It's it's okay to be wrong. But you need to learn to accept that when you are wrong, you should own that and and cop to it and and quit fucking grasping at straws to prove that you're right. If the if the overwhelming evidence is against your stance, then you need to shift and adjust your stance. Mm-hmm. And so many people are averse to doing that. And yeah, I I you know honestly, I would say most of it's an ego thing. And coming from experience, I, I honestly, I'm just saying, I honestly, I would say the the first step in recovery. <laughs> is, <laughs> is recognizing you have a problem no 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 <laughs> uh, you don't even have to do that alcohol and uh, the aa doesn't know what the fuck they're doing because uh, they're based on no. religion yeah. but what i mean yeah. yes but what i mean is like like say you're on facebook and you find yourself getting into a hole you know bef- before you get too deep just take a minute step away from the keyboard for a second think about everything and if you really don't have a valid response, just go back, reply, and say, huh, yeah, I'll have to think about that a little more. That's it. You're not giving anything up. You're not surrendering. You're not conceding any points. But you're also not fighting back from an indefensible position. Now you're just saying, I'll consider that. That's all. That's that's it. That's all you have to do. Take that first step. Say, oh, oh well. Maybe I'll think about that a little more. Perhaps I don't know enough about this. That's fine. I mean, nobody knows everything about everything. So so that's a totally acceptable acceptable response from a human. If you continue when it's obvious you don't know, then yeah, you're a, a snake fucking that, moron. <laughs> yeah, it would be yeah, it would be weird if a snake said that, sure. Uh, but anyway, that's that's the first thing. Like and it opens people... it up a little bit more so that, you know, if they come back, usually people are going to be pretty cool about that. If you say that, they're not going to be like, ha, ha. well, yes, they will, but some still, will, yeah. some will. I don't but... think most people are looking to really broaden their horizons. They want to, like, own that situation. Well, most people well, most then. people want to be right. Yeah. They don't care about... They're, like, listening They don't, be, they don't care about being correct. They want to win. They, they, don't, they don't care if... Well, well we're, we're telling you how to they, be right. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't care necessarily that they're right. They want to win. Yes, they they are telling you how to do that too. Yeah, they they want it just to might win be down the road. Yeah, they want immediate. Yes. Well, that, that I'm that, always right. To yeah. Respond, yeah, that's what they want. That's what to... they want to think. Is well, that those people can't be helped. Yeah. Sure. Well, and a lot of the time when I get in arguments with people, it's not that I'm seeking to win the argument; it's that I want to understand. But it's their an intellectual battle. Yeah. Well, I want to understand their thinking, and I want to adjust my thinking if I'm incorrect. And so, sure. you know, one of the, one of the larger and longer arguments that I had about GMOs was in the Utah Atheist Group this week, and you know, it went back and forth with with a couple people in the group, and they kept throwing out like, you know, appeals to tradition. Fucking appeals. Chris Reed, God damn it! <laughs> it was no, it wasn't Chris. <laughs> it was definitely not Chris. Uh, you know, they kept throwing out appeals to. To tradition, appeals to nature, uh, appeals to 
you know, ad populum appeals. Well, so many people think that it's bad. Oh, yeah. Clearly there's a problem there. Right. Then you know, why aren't you Muslim? Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. it was just like fallacy after fallacy after fallacy. And I kept saying, you know, please, if I'm wrong, show me where I'm wrong. Because if I am wrong, then I want to adjust my thinking on it. But don't keep throwing out an appeal to a don't don't just keep throwing out fallacy after fallacy for me. Give me your very best argument against GMOs. Give me your very best argument, the 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 number one reason why you think I'm wrong. And then they'd post a link, and I'd say, no, that's bullshit, and here's why. And then they'd post another one, and I'd say, no, that's bullshit, and here's why. And I'm like, I've asked you several times to give me your very very best argument, and you've failed every fucking time you've said anything here. Right. If I'm wrong, I want to know, but please. Stop arguing with me if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yep. And clearly you don't because I've asked for your very best and you gave me shitty argument <laughs> after shitty argument. Yep. <sighs> what do we have next? Whatever you got, I'm I'm done with. Oh, no. I have I have one story left. How many you got? No, go ahead. It's a competition. Oh. I'm I'm good. <laughs> so, uh this story comes to us from HuffPost Gay Voices. It was actually uh, a friend of mine from high school uh, tagged me in a post on his timeline about this. And I had seen the headline a couple different places, but I hadn't had the time to really read the story. So when this old friend of mine tagged me and said, hey, you should check this out in case you don't know about it, I thought, okay, well, I'll go and actually read the story. Uh, the headline says, Meet the World's First Gay Mormon Superhero. And has a quote... It says, if my little comic can bring some small measure of comfort and pleasure to those who felt marginalized by their faith because of their sexuality, then I've hit a touchdown. <laughs> hit a touchdown? <laughs> He's clearly a gay Mormon. And I thought that was perfect. That was, I love that. Um, so then it's got a picture of this gay Mormon comic book superhero with a dove, would you say, on his shoulder? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Um, it's not a flock of seagulls. Is that a sure. paddle? It's a paddle sword. Hmm. I don't know. Is that uh, Moroni's sword, maybe, or Stripling Warriors? I don't know. It looks or it looks interesting. Yeah, I almost said ordinary. I don't know why. They're probably trying to go with the Mesoamerican theme with that sword. I think. Yeah, tie in the phony mormonism uh the story begins and says a game-changing comic book is offering a fresh take on the way religion and sexuality intersects with comic book culture called and i'm guessing this is stripling warrior or would it be stripling 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 warrior yeah but it's spelled like stripling uh the project from so super duper comics follows sam shepherd Ooh, which is kind of funny yeah is it a uh, happily out newlywed who receives a visit from an angel on his wedding night, calling him, in the words of author Bren, Brian Anderson, to be, quote, the hand of God on earth, end quote. The series, illustrated by James Nish, or Nish, maybe? Nish? I'd say Nish, but... Is meant to be an exploration of the mythology of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints through a queer lens. Quote, basically, I wanted to give mine the religious lore and mythology of the Mormon church to empower a homosexual hero to show that a gay character is every bit as worthy in the eyes of God as any heterosexual one. End quote. Anderson told the Huffington Post. Check the interview below to learn more about this project and to see a selection of illustrations from the Stripling Warrior. The next photo is the Stripling Warrior with his 
I'm not like I said, I'm not sure if that's a sword or a club and the dove following behind him and a female superhero with a staff and a cat on her shoulder. Uh, Huffington Post asks, what is your overarching vision for Stripling Warrior? Brian Anderson answers, my overarching vision and concept for Stripling Warrior is to tell a fun, sexy, perhaps provocative story by taking familiar superhero tropes and casting them into a comic book about an average guy who's a gay Mormon superhero. Uh, because everyone loves a more a gay Mormon, right? Wait, why? The, what they don't? <laughs> Basically, I wanted to mine the religious lore and mythology of the Mormon Church to empower a homosexual hero, to show that a gay character is every bit as worthy in the eyes of God as any heterosexual one. If I can tell an entertaining story so that anyone can enjoy, whether you're familiar with Mormonism or not, whether you're a homosexual or not, then I've done my job. And if my little comic can bring some small measure of comfort and pleasure to those who felt marginalized marginalized by their faith because of their sexuality, then I've hit a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> it might be silly to think a comic book can accomplish this, but I'm not opposed to being silly. Hmm. Clearly, when mentioning hitting a touchdown. <laughs> uh, it, it, but it goes on, and, and the, the interview is a little bit long, but I, I, I really like this interview. I'm going to see if I can get uh, James on the show. Uh, I think that would be yeah. a lot of fun, but I wonder, it, you know, I got the impression throughout this interview that he's a marginal LDS person, and I, I, I can't imagine that he goes to church every Sunday. Probably more culturally LDS, but if he hasn't been excommunicated yet, I wonder how long it will mm-hmm. be before he is. Yeah. I think this is a really good effort, though, to include ones that feel so excluded. Yeah. I really I really like this idea. Yeah. I think it's cool, too. I mean, it, it brings me back to my earlier question, which we've had on other shows, why they want to even be a part of the group. Yes. But I mean, but they do. <laughs> you know yeah and i think more inclusion is is better so well i think positive image yeah even in this form is like better than nothing sure well and 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 so one of the other questions that they ask was how does your identity shape and inform your work and he answers that my identity as a gay man a mormon a husband a father and a lifelong comic book geek informs all of my writing slash creating in that I strive to be authentic and honest in my ex- to my experiences. Occasionally I've been criticized because some of my characters are deemed too, quote, stereotypically homosexual, end quote, that they act and talk too femme. Really? Can someone be too homosexual? All I know is that I've... That is that I'm writing from a personal and heartfelt perspective. Yeah, I'm a queenie gay, what of it? Since when did I... Since when did being a flamboyant homo become such a negative thing in our community? I don't believe that, quote, mask for mask, end quote, type dudes are the only acceptable type of gay superhero. One of my main characters, Samuel Shepard, may have a fruity inner monologue, but that doesn't take away from his ability to kick ass. Like me, Sam is many things, and he can be both fully queened out and totally butch at the same time. I'd love to see more, quote, femme slash mask, end quote, heroes out there. Who's with me? I am. I am, too. I think that's pretty cool. So I'm going to see if I can get either Brian or James or both of them on the show sometime in the near future. That would be cool. That would be fun. Uh, What else you got? You got two more things or one more thing? Mostly just one more thing. Okay. One more thing. Michael Petio. Pet my my what? (laughs) You guys familiar? Michael Petio what? 
<laughs> no? Nobody knows him? No. Oh. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I was still reading that story. Uh, <laughs> he's a carpenter, a U.S. Navy veteran, a grandfather, and Russian Orthodox church cantor. When you said he was a carpenter, I was, I was like, going to say, is it Jesus? No. <laughs> Who likes to boast about his homemade nut rolls. Hmm. Does he, also, he have, does he also have sweaty balls? Indeed. <laughs> and he also happens to be a candidate for president of the United States. Ooh. Sweaty balls and a nut roll. The 66-year-old Indiana man has no big financial backers, little political experience outside of two failed runs for Congress, and his odds of winning are almost nil. I would say completely nil. <laughs> uh, but that's not stopped him from thinking that he's one to succeed President Barack Obama. Petyo is among a rising number of Americans who aspire to be president due to what psychology experts describe as growing narcissism, distrust of leadership, and the power of social media to reach the public. Craziness. Joining more than 1,500 others. According to the Federal Election Commission, Petyo admits he's a long shot, but figures he just needs some attention. Quote, how do they know I'm not the next guy in waiting in the wings? If only people knew of my <laughs> awesomeness. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because this is the first we're hearing of you, that's why. That's, that's we why can't win if you're not in the race. Yeah. <laughs> the number of candidates seeking the White House has more than tripled from 417 in 2012, uh, though, some extrants, so, though some entrants have penned in possible, possibly fictitious names such as Disco Daddy and Darth Vader. Yes, possibly fictitious. <laughs> Those Saturday nights would be much better under President Disco Daddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, among them, have to take him seriously. Well, and can right. you imagine all of the foreign policy things that would just happen instantly if we had President Vader? Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Of course. I mean that. I mean, force choking people over <laughs> national television. Fuck yeah, shit would happen. Yes, it would. Uh, among the others, Susan Young, a California social studies teacher aiming to give her students a lesson in democracy. Terry Jones, a Florida pastor known for organizing Quran burnings. Terry Jones? You know who he is, right? Uh-huh. Okay. And antivirus software pioneer John McAfee. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> to, I say put put the Quran burner in the same room as McAfee and see if he can get the past the firewall. I always say McAfee. <laughs> McAfee. Well, whatever. Did I do it? Was that was that a was that a techie joke? That was a funny. Was it a, tech, sorry. a, tech, a techie uh, joke? Sorry, I shit all over it with your with McAfee. McAfee. I've heard it both ways, and I'm not in the field. McAfee so. would be M A C, right? I know it's McAfee. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. I accept your rebuke. Uh, another candidate. Eddie, I have no idea what that is, <laughs> included her grandma's chili recipe on her website, which I'm not going to read, along with the promise that the last two years of her term. Maybe it's really good chili, Matt. Well, I'll look for it for that. But she also went on to say that. Teach the controversy. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, she, she comes with a campaign pain promise that the last two years of her term could be boring because she'll have repaired the country's damages by then. Mm. So she's a real go-getter. Yeah. We're going to make so many changes. It's going to be amazing, <laughs> tremendous, awesome, incredible, stupendous. Yeah. These hopefuls are not a factor in polls that show uh, businessman Donald Trump and U.S. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas battling for the Republican nom- nomination and Bernie Sanders and Clinton leading the Democratic field ahead of the primaries. But a lack of attention has not diminished Petio's enthusiasm. He frequently compares himself to the Bible's David. The shepherd of God who chose who the the shepherd who God chose to be king. 
Like David, he says, quote, words flow from my lips like honey from the hive. <laughs> what? I, know. I don't think that's something you can say about yourself. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, yeah. Unless I, you're a rapper. Maybe. <laughs> right. That's what I was thinking. Finally, a theist with a high opinion of himself. How refreshing. <laughs> Petio meets the constitutional requirements for the job. He's at least 35 and a natural born citizen. Yeah, he kind of beats. I mean, okay. He says, quote, I don't see how anyone can represent the people unless they're one with the people. Uh, who, Pet said Petro, who owns a construction company and has been handing out business cards at political events around the Midwest. In an interview, he espoused conspiracy theories claiming the Internal Revenue Service's home is in Puerto Rico. Al-Qaeda members <laughs> who, car who carried out the September 11th attacks had help from the ins from inside from the U.S. government. And the what the fuck would it matter if it's in Puerto <laughs> I Rico? I don't know. <laughs> and that FEMA is setting up detainment camps all around the country. Uh, oh, and so to, to which I said, yeah, great. You really are connecting to the mainstream Americans. Yeah, very, very well done. Uh, for candidates like Petjo, the important thing is finding Americans who will listen to them. Is he selling tinfoil hats on his campaign should website? Should he be working on water lines? <laughs> yes. Yes, he should. He said, quote, they want to get their thoughts out and their ideas. Oh, no, this is the uh, political psychologist, Bart Rossi, said they want to get their thoughts and ideas out there. They want to be on the playing field, even if they're not going to win the game. They just want to be heard. And I said, who fucking doesn't? Start a podcast like a normal American, you idiot. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's understandable that you have a lot of, of people thinking they've got the answer, he said. <laughs> Petio is a Republican but shuns party labels as he supported supports unions, a uh, typical typical democratic position, while espousing a belief that the US companies should pay little or no taxes. Said, oh, he's one of the rare Tea Party Democrats. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or possibly an uninformed, confused citizen who will never be president. Yeah. This <laughs> maybe more what he is. Yeah, that's yeah. the party he belongs to. He should re receive at least one vote. His longtime friend and supporter, Jim Wright. A Wait, not his self? <laughs> he doesn't even vote for himself? It's, it's at least one, yeah. Okay. Uh, his buddy, Jim Wright's a 65-year-old retired engineer who hands out flyers for the candidate and says he will vote for Petio, even though he doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. Which is a brilliant plan, you know, to make sure that your vote is completely and totally wasted. Yeah, I was going to say, he couldn't think of any better way to waste his time. <laughs> right. So that's, uh, that's, that's presidential candidate pet show, everybody. <laughs> Check him out. <laughs> you should have like a meet pet the obscure, mama. I know. Meet, meet the, the, meet the people that have ventured their own names yeah. <laughs> and will never week. win anything. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us this evening. Uh, next week, we will have Atheists of Utah President Felicia Entwistle in studio with us. Mm. She's going to be talking to us about the upcoming gala. Yay. It should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, the week after that, we will have David Silverman in studio with us. Really looking forward to that one also. Uh, I will try to line up either Brian Anderson and or James Nash from the Stripling Warrior sometime in the future. Uh, if you would like to be a guest on the show, send us a message and let us know why. <laughs> and remember, if you ever see anyone on the street wearing an NFL jersey, tackle them immediately. Because they're clearly 
asking for it. Yes. They should not have dressed like they wanted it. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> you can reach us at godlessrevolution at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash godlessrevolution. Dot com. Twitter our twatter at TGR Podcast. Call and leave us a message or send us a text message at 33081-REBEL. Be sure to go out and give us a rating on iTunes if you're enjoying the show. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, If you have any show suggestions, want to come on the show, questions, clarifications, if we got something wrong, please let us know. I like knowing if I'm wrong so that I can correct it. Dan loves it. Love it. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us tonight, Megan. It was a pleasure, as always. Thanks for having me. And we will chat at you all next week. Bye, There's children on the street using guns and knives Taking drugs on each other's lives Killing each other with knives and forks Calling each other names like dog There's people on the street getting diseases from monkeys Yeah, that's what I said, they get diseases from monkeys Now there's junkies with monkey disease Who's touching these monkeys? Please leave these poor sick monkeys alone They got problems enough as it is Man is lying on the street Some punk's chopped off his head I'm the only one who stops See if he's there Mm -hmm. Turns out he's dead And that's why I'm singing Why? What is wrong with the world today? What's wrong with the world today? What is wrong with the world today? You gotta think about it. Think, think about it. Good cops can frame and put into a can. All the money that we're making, it's going to the man. What man? Which man? Who's the man? When's a man a man? What makes a man a man? Am I a man? Yes. Technically I am They're turning kids into slaves Just to make cheaper sneakers But what's the real cost? Cause the sneakers don't seem that much cheaper Why we still paying so much for sneakers When you got them made by little slave kids What are you over here? At the end of your life You're lucky if you die Sometimes I wonder why we even try Saw a man lying on the street all dead With knives and forks sticking out of his leg And he said Can somebody get the knife and fork out of my leg, please? Can somebody please remove these calories from my knees? And then we break it down This is where we break it down Ooh. This is where we break it down Ah where we do the whoa, 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 break it down. This is where we build it up we now. We build it up now. We build it up now. We build it up. And then we stop. Hey, you guys. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, or cons. <laughs> I just totally <laughs> fucked that up right from the beginning and I couldn't recover. I'm sorry. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> this is the pause after questions, huh? You're like, ah, fuck. And then I think I fucked that. it up between you and have. Like, it was something really <laughs> stupid. And I was like, uh, uh, like I in my throat. That. Well, it wasn't <laughs> that extreme. That's what happens, though. <laughs>